Football Clichés is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets, along with instant match updates for all games. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app, so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of an out giving him lip. Oh, I say! It's amazing! He does it tame and tame and tame again. Break up the music! Charge a glass! We've all collectively lost our footballing minds. We've fallen into a pit of footballing nostalgia and this episode is going to be no different. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. With me to sail into the uncharted waters of Premier League years is my guest. If, if you cut them open, they bleed Premier League years. It, it's Georgie Thompson. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Charlie Eccleshare. Um, welcome back, Charlie. It's, been, it's good to have you back in these uncertain times. It's good to be back, yeah. Um, obviously, you're a seasoned Premier League years watcher. Why is it so watchable? Why, do, why are these time capsules of Premier League eras just so perfectly formed? It's kind of like a sugar rush, isn't it? It's just like all the best bits chucked together. I mean, really, just you know, having watched a few recently, you, you realise they kind of only scratch the surface because there's so much to fit in. But it's just so watchable that like you can just lose hours days to them i remember when they okay. first came out and it was just like oh my god there is you know there is a god because this is just dream tv i was quite naive i thought they were just hour-long episodes but um they're a good sort of solid 90 minutes worth which i guess is a suitable amount of time um we are gonna we're gonna go with 1998-99 as part of our rebooted series on the athletic um i think it's a, it's, it's a good sweet spot of, of premier league history i think it's it's just the the right moment to choose yeah, and also isn't there a thing that 20 years is a really potent uh, length for kind of nostalgia? So it, it does feel like that late 90s, early noughties period is particularly uh, evocative. And yeah, I think it's coming out of those kind of early Premier League years, which can feel quite quaint, um, but it's not too recent that it feels too polished. So yes. Oh yeah, like the Premiership, the premiership as the, as it was called at that point, was, was like a fully-fledged being. It's oh yeah. really kind of gathered pace by that. So I, I think we've chosen a very good year to start. Um, so without further ado, um, we're going to invite our listeners to do the same here, and uh, we're going to count down and press play on our um, legally sourced video for, for Premier League years, <laughs> and uh, let's get cracking. Three, two, one... Hit play. The Premier League is theme music. Um, it's very Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> composed by a guy called Toby Langton Jilks, whose previous body of work was Animals in the Womb, Watchdog Health Check, and Tony Robinson's Romans. It's very dramatic. 
Yes, it does. It sets the tone very nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, here we are, 98.99. What do we start with? Moby. It's a B-side, actually. It's a Moby B-side, which is a nice and obscure way to start. It's called Memory Gospel. And uh, we're presented with just lots of slow motion. There's Marco Matarazzi. He yeah. played for Everton. Yeah, yeah, this is the Matarazzi-Everton season. Yeah, this is what Premier League is useful for, just remembering that certain players play for random clubs. It's certainly and, got uh, that, like, you know, needlessly over-the-top uh, kind of weight to it as well, this music, doesn't it? It's like that Sean yeah, Bean really act from a few years exactly. before. Yeah, they kind of fancied themselves as kind of... Just that they were essentially just film trailers, and Sky yes. was really good at these, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, sort of fan-related kind of sentiments on the screen. Take the fans. Yes, but also, is say. that that period of, like, you know, we understand you. We know oh, totally. you make the game. Oh, that was huge part of Sky's branding was just kind of, mm. we get it. And then yeah. we know you get it. So let's exactly. all... Yeah, yeah, we're in this. We love football. You love football. Which is a terrible approach. It's not a terrible approach. But here we are, August. <laughs> also here, Adam, why is there not yeah. the outer control... Oh no! Out of control. I'm trying to work out when that was released, but but anyway, we're starting in August, and uh, Richard Rodriguez sets the world record for riding Black Bull's Big Dipper for over a thousand hours, <laughs> and apparently he doubled that two two years later, and then Guinness World Records just nullified it all by altering the rules. Also, this is I mean, this is kind of became post parody that this news section was actually just bigging up whatever Sky Sports was doing at the time, oh, rather yeah, than actual kind of global of brand news. Awareness. Yeah. Because the second bit of news is seems to be the season started and Sky were covering mm. it. Yeah. Again, th these are nicely done. There's a very yeah. young-looking Ray Winston there. <laughs> but again, do you, um, this is them do you think sort of these fans in, are real as well? Oh, yeah, totally. It's kind of nice. But of course, the soundtrack yeah, yeah, yeah. is, well, is also, Mick Hucknall. Yeah, who I think features later. But this was kind of a precursor to like a Barclays ad, which was like, you know, 15 years after. There he is. There's Mick. Just subtly coming at the end. Yeah, Sky looks so old here. I forget mm. that it's 21 years ago. Ah, oh, the traditional curtain raiser. Here we go. Good ball. Really good ball, that Mighty Yeah, Delta. nice ball. Lovely tackles. And this, you know, this sets the scene, doesn't it, for the right, the Arsenal-United rivalry, Arsenal So where are we in, in the narrative of United-Arsenal? So Arsenal have just won the double other. and kind of, you know, wrestled it off United and United want their trophy back. Um, and, yeah, they're going to go on to win the treble. So this is, you know, Ferguson's been temporarily knocked off his perch by Wenger. Um, so it's, it's nicely poised. Chris Ray gets one of the goals here. I think his last ever goal for Arsenal. And we're now introduced with Georgie Thompson's voiceover. She has a very particular style, Georgie Thompson. It's a very, yeah. I mean, I kind of, yeah, that sort of, but for beleaguered Coventry manager, it was one defeat, too many. Sort it's of. a bit like the Football League roundups, isn't it? It's just kind of like the yeah. cadence of talking. But um, that one myth-busting thing we should say here is that Georgie Thompson is not the daughter of Phil Thompson. Where did that, did that just come from the fact that Daglish had a daughter in the industry? No, because her dad is actually called Phil Thompson. He's oh. the Phil Thompson. Oh, it's, um, I see. <laughs> yeah, it's a hugely important point for Premier League years. And, and obviously, she's, she's part of the Premier League years furniture. And uh, yeah, she's, she, her dad is not Phil Thompson of, of Soccer Saturday and former Liverpool fame. And uh, I feel like it's very important to make that clear. But she, but also, she, she makes this programme, I think. She does, but Premier League historians will know she doesn't feature on the more recent episodes. No. Um, I don't even know who the voiceover is now. I no, don't, don't it's, but it, it's, it's very sort of 
serious, you know, it, it kind of loses some of that uh, raised eyebrow that made the early years so special. Uh, Coventry versus Chelsea. This this was Marcel Desailly making his Premier League debut just after winning the World Cup with France and then <laughs> having to face Dion Dublin, Darren Huckabee and, and Darren Noel Huckabee. Whelan. They'd and, also played each other the, on the opening day of the previous season when I think Frank Sinclair pulled his shorts down. Yeah, Dublin scored a hat-trick in that one. Yeah. But, um, after this, Desailly said, I suffered. My ego got smashed. I was depressed for four months. <laughs> That's what Noel Whelan can do to you. That is a, this is a classic Coventry team, isn't it? Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Coventry Dublin. really good fun this year. Yeah, really good. Um, this we're is Ian Wright scoring on, on his debut. Richard Keys. This, this is a really yeah. Ian Wright goes to West Ham, scores this lovely goal on his debut. This is very Ian Wrighty finish. Sort of it's such awkward, a good finish. Great at the same time. Yeah, he kind of lets it go onto his other foot. Also, Adam, I was thinking I can legitimately talk about Richard Keyes in this podcast. Normally, oh, totally. I have to crowbar him in, but here it's actually relevant. Oh, completely. That uh, was so zoomed in. Yeah, I know. Keys and Gray, Keys and Gray don't feature too heavily. I don't think like it, it's too. Um, no, know, so the peak of that it's is a few years show. before when they're Gerard really Julio's digging them up as like part of the product. Um, this is the uh, Julia Evans joint manager. Very much so. Yeah, we'll come to the, we'll come to the kind of the twist in that relationship later on. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Just we to haven't keep got any listening. listener contributions this this week, of course. Um, but uh, one person did point out in the lead up to this. That, um, Joe Tyler says, "I got so tired of hearing yet more chat about the Nets at the Dell recently. Freshen up the nostalgia, for fuck's sake." <laughs> so we, we're not going to talk about Liverpool slamming several goals into the Dell's goal nets. These hugely unsatisfying goal nets. There's Owen. Yeah. Really nice finish, but of course the ball bounces straight back out, which ruins every single goal ever scored at the Dell, unless it was Matt Letizier chip. He's fresh from the World Cup. I, I quite very much, very Cup, fresh. So it was, it was important to... to uh... <laughs> Do you hear that? He goes, yeah, I had a quite a good World Cup. So <laughs> such a brilliant understatement. And good brand awareness there, because he goes to call it the Premier League and then corrects himself. And yes, it yeah. Really nice. He's just so on point. He's 18 and he's Here's so one polished. Here's Andy Gray, looking like Frazier. Yes. I always thought this as a kid that him and Frazier had like... <laughs> the, the, and because they had the same hair journey, that kind of quite long but balding. And <laughs> oh, they the both then went the same I remember way. that. Uh, Andy Gray it, was, the, was the kind of obviously the pioneer of big punditry because big punditry then meant having your own VCR and holding a pen at all times. Oh, he was so good, Andy Gray. This was when he was really bossing it. There's Alan, Alan Parry, whose, whose voice just kind of provokes both excitement for a game that's about to happen and then terror that your team are about to concede. A commentator <laughs> has never felt, make me felt less safe than Alan Parry. He was very much a Monday night football man as well. Yeah, he was. And I just thought calamity is going to happen. Something, something footballistically stupid is about to happen because Alan Parry's in charge. Here's the hybrid screamer. Yeah, the hybrid screamer. Really coming to prominence around this time. <laughs> really good example of the hybrid scream. <laughs> I think she but actually Jeff gets Thomas. it in twice there. Yeah. Jeff Thomas um, playing, playing in the Premier League. I just, I, I don't remember this. So, the, yeah, this is when Overmars was deadly. Mm. Mark yeah, Overmars Arsenal. really suits widescreen TV. <laughs> the way he runs. A little squat little man. A week into the new season and Alex Ferguson finally got his match. Oh, this is great. Um, oh, United signing Dwight York and then John Gregory coming out with one of the greatest managerial lines. 
in Premier League history. Uh, openly stated to me a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to play for Manchester United and that he didn't want to play for Aston Villa. Uh, if I'd have had a gun at the time, I think I'd have shot him. And with an embarrassment... I can't say that. If I'd had a gun, I think I'd have shot him. John Gregory's amazing value at this time. He comes out yeah. with a lot of choice things. Yeah. So, Solskjaer to Spurs was apparently a done deal. Yeah. It sounds really right. right. It sounds very appropriate. Definitely. And I think when United first played Spurs under Solskjaer's management at uh, the start of 2019, there was a lot of pieces on how you know history could have worked out. I mean, that would have been a brilliant signing for Spurs. He's so Spurs, looking back. Yeah. He just makes so much sense. Though um, not but, so early in his career, I don't think. Okay. So Because he, uh, he'd only he, been at United here for like two years. Mm, here's Charlton um, making their kind of introductions to the Premier League. Um, uh, beating Southampton 5-0. And beating Southampton so badly that David Howells ended up in goal for them. Midfield for <laughs> David Howells. Quite a young-looking Alan Kerbishley here. Yeah, it's very much a keep your feet on the ground message. But even at this stage, you can kind of sense that it's going to be a kind of... But for Charlton, their bleed, mid, their bleed midwinter got even worse. Like, yeah, every mention of Charlton in this episode is, but for Charlton. Yeah, <laughs> it's on shaky ground. Dalglish getting sacked after two games, which is just yeah. brutal. Yeah. And then um, Rudelit came in, and these were the charming Vox Unfortunately, Pops. Kenny was a little bit, little bit, or rather a lot defensive, I'm afraid. I want to be known as entertainers again. <laughs> Entertain football first. If let's gather. Trophy. Let's gather the Newcastle fans with the most Newcastle opinions possible. <laughs> the entertainers. Also, to, there was a lot of sexy football, football stuff as well at that time. <laughs> and rude hullet wigs, by the looks of things. I've noticed in Vox Pops, there's always one Irish fan. Yeah, I was Every just going to say. An Irish uh, fan. I was just going to say that's the kind of uh, Irish Newcastle supported group. It's going to bring excitement and flair. It's going to bring class. But anyway, after all this, after this, all this hope and Rude Hullet being presented to the crowd and a new era for Newcastle and sexy football. And, Can you remember, uh, Adam, like, do, was it thought that was... I mean, how much did his stock fall at Chelsea? I, like, was, was he still thought of as being really departure, good? But at that stage, no one really knew about what he was like as a manager because he yeah. was just a player manager. So I think everyone just assumed footballing genius probably going to be quite good. But then, of course, <laughs> he turned up at Newcastle and they lose 4-1 to Liverpool straight away. This is little Michael Owen when he is electric. Absolutely. Owen is in again. Owen scores again. Oh, what a goal. What a goal, Mark. The third goal is beautiful. Yes. Like a really and that's, good finish. That's the rubbing the hands together, isn't it? Yeah. He's 18 years old. Yeah. No 18-year-old should be finishing like this. I mean, the pace, understandable. The kind of fearless running, absolutely understandable for an 18-year-old. But like finishing like that, he was really good. And yeah. also, really grown you imagine up afterwards, he's like, yeah, for an 18-year-old. Pretty decent game. Yeah. Southampton are really up against it. Who? Who's this? Magic? It's Jean-Claude Darcheville. Jean-Claude Darcheville, who Soccer AM called Jean-Claude Van Darcheville, I remember, and thinking that was really clever at the time. Okay. Um, I don't get that. Is it <laughs> September? This this is great news. Um, just listen, listen to this. Okay, good. Bisco B may be taking over Man United, but what else happened in September? <laughs> and after months of controversy, Viagra was made available by prescription on the NHS. <laughs> That's all that happened in September. Viagra being available on the NHS. Not all that happened, Adam. Because here's Pat Rafter. <laughs> A man who knows a thing or two oh, about how to volley, winning the US Open. 
I suppose this is it's a good point. Like crowbar it in. Yeah, I think this is a good point to point out that you know, they don't see in, from the news into the football with puns. This is a massive urban myth. They don't kind of relate the news to the football in any way, and it's never happened in any episode of Premier League years because I've watched is that them all and made th- sure. Mean, like, what, that's what people think? Loads of people think they do. You know, like Viagra was available in the NHS, and Man United were on the up as well. Uh-huh. It just does not happen. <laughs> that absolutely does not happen. I, I, it's so very important that, that we uh, bust that. Yeah, meal. yeah, exactly. Uh, we're closing in on another classic slice of John Gregory after he joins Paul Merson for his unveiling at Villa Oh Park. yeah, um, this was really, really it's weird. In, uh, here we go. Uh, one or two problems off the field at his, at his current club, or should I say, at Middlesbrough, but. Um, uh, we've got one or two players that like dressing up in women's clothing and <laughs> having their backsides spanked around again, but uh, I think he'll fit in quite well to be honest. John Gregory really fancies himself as a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon he's giving those sort of press conferences over in the Indian Super League these days? Yeah, I wonder that. Or, or whether he... I mean, presumably he'd been doing that all his career and then suddenly had this bigger audience and seems to be absolutely relishing it. As, as we've established on previous episodes, press conferences are the easiest place to get a laugh just ahead of best man speeches. <laughs> what, you mean say anything vaguely amusing and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if your phone went off on a best man speech, you, the, the house would quite literally come down. Uh, so, yeah... Paul Merson, the first of about 500 players in this episode to be scoring either on his debut or very soon after making his <laughs> debut. Um, Premier League years just guarantees you scoring on your debut. Here's Tamuri Ketspire scoring an incredible goal. Look at this. Yeah, this is really good. And nice for him to be doing something other than smashing in a spon- an advertising hoarding. And I expected that to happen, but it's, I think that was the previous season. Or it was, yeah. After. Although yeah. I think they still show it erroneously on this season, which yeah, there's lots irritated of, there's me. There's lots of footage that, from a, old seasons. Which that's is, a cardinal that's sin, isn't it, on Premier League years? What's that? Showing something from another season. Oh, it's, it's, it's rife in Premier League years. And they obviously just didn't have enough to fill the programme. But some of it is kind of relevant to sort of rivalries and things like that. But yeah, it's very confusing at times because the kits change and all sorts. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, yeah. it's okay if they're showing like a full rerun of a pre-match montage, which they do quite yeah. a lot of. But um, yeah. yeah, if it's sort of out of sequence, it can be can be confusing. <laughs> Fowler. I mean, you forget how like Fowler was still really good at this time. Yeah, he had a quite a problematic season, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite a few off-field uh, or on-field, but. Not really related to football. Oh, that, well, that's classic Premier League's fodder, isn't it? Having on-field and indeed off-field problems. <laughs> um, so Derby, randomly, were the kind of sort of surprise pace setters. They were second after six. You can't be a pace setter, I shouldn't say that. But they were second after six games. And um, Paolo Wanchop obviously being at the forefront of that. Yeah. Um, him and Dean Sturridge were a lovely little partnership. Fair to say they started the season like a house on fire. <laughs> yes. You've nailed the Georgie Thompson delivery there. It's really good. <laughs> Um, so we're closing in on our, our first Arsenal versus Man United Premier League encounter of this season, um, which which is the sort of fixture that warrants a very, very long Sky Sports montage. Yeah, so this is what I mean. So obviously game. all of what we're watching now is from the previous year, but yeah. you kind of accept that because it's just what they were showing these tackles, pre-game. These tackles are incredible. There's one from Skulls, which I think is in about three or four seconds. Which Never learn how to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Thanks. Oh, I mean, that is just a full-on red. Yeah, that's not even sort of mistimed in a chuckly kind of way. That's just genuinely quite nice. <laughs> uh, so, Flames as well on the screen. V- yeah. Very kind of late 90s graphic. 
Yeah, we shouldn't talk about this game too much because, again, it's not part of this season. Why are they spending so much time showing us it? But um, David Platt having the forehead of a man who scores headers like that, really. <laughs> yeah, this, Platt, this montage yeah. goes on for ages. But there are some lovely goals. Sheringham's little snapshot, I really enjoy that with his left foot. I think, um, yeah, they, they, they're making the point that it was this game that Arsenal announced themselves the year before and can they do something similar again today? Here we go. It's an important game because Man United is one of the contenders. Ooh, zoom in on Fergie's face. Arsene Wenger's face is also like, this really this, close. Like, this is definitely isn't the season because I think um, Wenger turned up in 96, 97, is that right? Yeah. And uh, Ferguson greeted him with, he's come from Japan. Yeah, that was the Japan. Yeah, Japan. This was my introduction to Freddie Lundberg as a human being. Yeah, it was his debut. He was just a really awkward player to get play against. He was kind of the sort of player who'd pop up and score a goal. But He was a bit like a Pedro nowadays. You know, one of those guys who you're unsure how good he is, but he gets a lot of goals and is really effective. I mean, he was a really good player. This is, for, this is debut. Yo, um, it was his debut. Yeah, Again. yeah, yeah. And that goal's actually offside that he scores, but no VAR. This game's Here incredible. Here they're introducing a, a Monday night game, which was Blackburn 3, Chelsea 4. Now, I used to work in TV listings, and um, I can tell you... Actually, <laughs> a little quiz here. Can you tell me how many times this uh, episode of Football Gold was broadcast on Sky Sports 3 in the space of six months between 2013 and 2014? Have a guess. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to go high, obviously. Okay. 12? 42. 42? The highlights of this game were broadcast on Sky Sports 3 42 times because they were considered to be the, like, the ultimate Premier League game. It's absolutely incredible. So it's basically so wait, that's just flow. 42 in like, what, yeah. 180 days so, or something? So, yeah, that's... Well, no, it's... Um, well, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they had the exclusive rights to show this game and no one else in the world <laughs> had it. But um, Chelsea's, so Chelsea's like, lovely yellow kit. I really like yellow kits as, a, as an away option. Yeah, it's a nice kit. And and this is that te- this is that really exciting Chelsea team, isn't yeah. it? And they'd signed loads of players that summer. Like you mentioned Desai and there's also Michael Laudrup briefly, Casaragi yeah. also briefly. Yeah, Laudrup was a real sort of sad case. If he'd stayed around, I reckon they would have won the title, but he kind of oddly got sudden pangs for Copenhagen despite yeah. being in Glasgow for several years. Um, there are little clips here of, of Roy Hodgson getting Roy Hodgson getting increasingly livid with the referee because no one does livid better than Roy I was Hodgson. Just th- so yeah, this made me think of um, that interview he did he does uh, that went viral when he's West Brom manager and starts swearing at the uh, at the interviewer. I mean he's he's absolutely losing it. Graham Lasso getting sent off for what feels like the eighteenth. Uh, first of 18 times in this episode. Yeah. Uh, he's, why, he's, With, the, the, I don't know a player who had a bigger discrepancy between his off-field manner and his on-field kind of um, persona. And, and, yeah. And his, he was the way horrible he on the pitch, wasn't he? Was he was so scrappy, Graham Lasso. Just constant chip on his shoulder. And, and not just scrappy, but like outright violent. Like there are <laughs> elbows and kicks and stuff. Yeah, like there, that's, go a down. Pro- that's a punch. He should go down as a Premier League hard man. Yeah. <laughs> And here, here's after what feels like 18 goals is Flo, I think, finally scoring the winner in this 4-3. Oh, no. No, this is it. Yeah, here this we go. Is the this winner. is Flo. Flo was really good as well. I was going to um, say, Adam, he was, was he like a kind of 
I mean, I remember him being a super sub. Is that just how? Is that just because that's how Premier League years have sort of edited? Yeah, he him? was a bit because they just he, he just he wasn't one or the other in terms of, of as a kind of striker. So, but he was mm. also the archetype of, of a good touch for a big man. He was, yeah. he was he was the perfect example of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Roy Hodgson continuing to be livid here. Um, <laughs> he just, just has the face of a very sort of permanently pissed off man. It's well, really also his good. lips go so purse. Yeah. And Viali's in this like nice school guy. uniform get up. Yeah. That I really like, like V-neck pullover and a sort of really big tie that looks like his dad's done it or he's kind of struggling <laughs> to do it. I think we can achieve something Yeah, we, we weren't really nice quite in the era of well-dressed Premier League managers, but um, Viali was Viali was definitely getting there. Hullet was probably like the most fashionable. Yeah, but Hullet could pull off a tracksuit because he had the kind of authenticity of being a player manager, so he could basically wear anything and, yeah. and look fairly good in the dugout. Um, what is so this? this? this is, what song is this? I don't know. It's just not one of those songs you only ever hear on an advert, but never actually remember what the original one was. More tackles yeah. flying in here as we watch Liverpool and Man United go at it. In Skulls again. Still yeah, never learned well. tackle. Redknapp <laughs> as well. A lot of beef here with gigs. Oh, so much beef. There's Brad Friedel. Also, Dennis how old does Dennis Irwin look? Like, I know he looks yeah. about forty. Can you imagine Dennis Irwin playing in a in a team in twenty twenty? I just as good <laughs> as he was, and I love Dennis Irwin. I just cannot imagine someone looking like that playing football in the year twenty twenty. Yeah, but even here, he looks like the kind of dad in the father and son's school sports day <laughs> race or something. Like it's just the way you know, he's and built, he's very and his earnest, hair and, and his face, and the fact yeah. he's called Dennis and everything. Even at the time, I do think he was a bit of an anachronism. Yeah, but yeah, there he is. And the fact he took penalties as well, and just like very no nonsense, just put them in the foot, corner right and foot. trotted back to yeah. halfway line. The Irish Andy Bramer. Um, <laughs> Villa had a bit of an odd season. They were they were really they were really they started really up. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they were top around sort of Christmas time, weren't they? Yeah. And brought Villa in Dublin. Such a strange club. They're either doing really well or really badly. But yeah, I always think of them as a mid-table team. Your George Graham mastermind. Yeah, guess uh, it's sort of even even out that way. And this, this is what we were talking great. about this on the Spurs pod um, the other yeah. day. George Graham, nice uh, homemade banner, who you supporting yeah, today, George. Yeah, so he was being courted publicly by Spurs and Alan Sugar, but still going on managing at Leeds while they kind of negotiated. So it wasn't so sort of the, the Mourinho quickfire. Leeds were at White Hart Lane under George Graham. And then after the game, he... I think he was basically asked, are you joining Spurs? Yeah. We'll come up with a financial package, uh, compensation, and uh, we'll let you talk. So between the two chairmen just now, uh, I'm still employed by Leeds. Uh, and that is the situation. It's, it's not my It's nice to hear yeah. managers talking about sort of I know, but, but, rumors, you notice yeah. that a lot in these sort of interviews. They do really say what's going on. He's basically like, yeah, they've made an offer and they're just negotiating and I'll probably move soon. Here's Lee Briscoe doing the only thing I know Lee Briscoe did, which is yeah, and it's a shame David that Tia. it will be overshadowed. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think many people what, remember what, this game what for that. Possibly be? Oh my God! Sky Sports did a kind of boxing ring trailer for this, <laughs> and it was Decanio pushing over Paul Alcott. It is an incredible moment, this. The... But but it, but it, obviously, it's such a well-documented moment of Premier League history, and um, and obviously, you know. It was widely widely derided from uh, by Di Canio, but um, the real gold in this is when Di Canio is being hauled off and Nigel Winterburn so- yes. suddenly decides to have a pop. Oh, 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 oh,
and, and he sort of push I'm over the pitch. I don't know if Winterburn's like pretending to to go back or if he's just genuinely scared. You'll see here. Obviously, you know. Yeah, but this is exactly the sort of behaviour I'd expect from Nigel Winterberg. Yeah. Face, and then when you when you start to give it, runs away. Because yeah, he sort of dummies as if he's about to be hit. <laughs> Danny yeah, Wilson's a good kind of earnest late nineties manager. Would I think would refer to Sheffield Wednesday as this football club? Spin this way. Do you know what behind me in the Coliseum? I don't know what's happening here. Rob McCaffrey goes to Rome. What happened to Rob McCaffrey? Yeah. Well, actually, Adam, funny you say that. He's on one of those uh, Richard Keys being sports videos. Um, you know where Keys is like walking around the studio. He um, he spots Rob McCaffrey. Backroom star. And I, I, yeah, I don't know what McCaffrey's role is there, but he's obviously since the you're on Sky Sports days not not nearly as prominent. And more's the pity. Track down. Here he is tracking down De Canio in Rome um, to a boutique. Um, there's so many cliches going on here. De Canio basically getting off his moped to walk into his Rome boutique, and then Rob McCaffrey walks in and says, "Can we have an interview?" And De Canio says, "No, go away." The only thing missing is McCaffrey with a pizza or something. <laughs> good investigative journalism. By yeah, man, to be fair, and, and he does get him to talk. I think, doesn't he? Yeah. But he says he basically says, "I'm not going to give an interview until until the kind of the, the issue is sorted." And then here's Decanio just sort of swanning off on, on his, his moped down a little Rome side street. Wonderful stuff, really is. The 98-99 season. We're now saw about to see uh, one of the real first bits of filler in Premier League years, which is just a skills montage taken from every bit, every other bit of the season. So it has no respect for chronology or anything. So there's Carnu flicking over Luke Young's head on, on basically the penultimate night of the season. And then what just they loads did of is, lovely Cruyff turns. Yeah, it's kind of like showboat, um, yeah. that Soccer M segment. I remember as well on some Premier League years, I think on 97-98, they ranked them. They had like a top three skills, top three goals uh, oh, to give a bit of structure, whereas in. this is more just, yeah, a compilation yeah. of some of the best. And a lot of now yeah. big tackles. Yeah, I don't want kind of analysis. I just want I just want them to just show what happened. That's that's the beauty of Premier League is, is it's just delivered to you straight. Beckham. So how do you wonderful. feel about these these compilations? Good. I think that they are they break up the you know the uh, the kind of the drama quite well. Yeah, exactly. You just the want light you want to of the kind of soap Definitely. opera. And when football is edited together this quickly, it does look really nice. And yeah. then, you, then you get sort of things that you sort of semi-forgotten, like Steve Froggart's amazing goal right into the top corner. How the much would you pay to have Everton, your career highlights edited like this? Yeah. Steve Froggart, of course, one of the many answers to England's perennial left-sided problem, including Steve Guppy, who will definitely more on get him later. later in this. Yeah, more on him later. Um, We've trailed that beautifully. Yeah. So we've... we've, we've Getting into October now, and uh, George Graham has finally extricated himself from Leeds and is unveiled at Spurs. Um, we're coming back from the ad break, of course, so we're going to hear uh, the lovely theme tune again. And yeah, into October, and yeah, here's George Graham. And tell us all about George Graham at Spurs. Oh, sorry, Limpa Christie's MBE first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> should not forget, as ever, George Graham being overshadowed by Limpa Christie's MBE. Um, and Carl Fogarty winning something or other. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Graham at Spurs, he was actually, he did a pretty decent job, but they, they never really took to him. Um, he won the League Cup in his first season, in this season. Jason Robinson there running in a try for Wigan. Yeah, Rugby um, League, Speedway and Lifford Christie's MBE, this was light news for October. 
Yes, although very kind of Sky at that time. Like, I remember Super League being massive and I didn't have a clue really what it was. Oh, and Nassim yeah. Hamed. Oh, that, nothing sums up the 90s more than Nassim Hamed. Yeah. <laughs> dancing around a ring. That's very 90s. Yeah, I think here he won, but um, was criticised for showboating too much. Finally, here's George and getting here's out George of his car at Spurs. Yeah, so it was a kind of parallels with Mourinho this year. Obviously, Mourinho not universally popular with Tottenham fans and Hood managed Chelsea. Here, obviously, George Graham, Judas, as he was called by a lot of fans. And, <laughs> yeah, his unveiling, he kind of says, you know, just trust me. I'll, you know, they, Spurs want to win things above all. But going on to this, which they don't show in Premier League is, was a lot of fans being Vox Pop saying they'd rather lose than win with Graham. So it was That's a very right, divisive yeah. appointment. Um, but it's but yeah, never a good, a good start job. when a manager has to kind of address that in his first press conference. Yeah. You know you're up against it. Also, so, Adam... A few more clips of Blackburn Chelsea again. Exactly, I was going to say, to your point of it being on every four days for that six-month period, there's more reflection on it here, having just seen it. In fact, everything we're seeing here we've already seen. Yeah. But it's nice so, to catch so up. This, so this was Sky's um, a pre-match montage for uh, Liverpool against Chelsea at Anfield. A, a game memorable for, well, two things, really. Um, Pierluigi Casaraghi, uh, who, who'd been signed from Lazio, I think, um, scoring his first goal for Chelsea. Um, he, he would later be crocked and then eventually retire. So that's another kind of um, slightly sombre underscore to Chelsea's season. Um, but mainly, of course, of course. But mainly, of course, it's remembered for Phil Babb sliding into a goalpost. Ooh, and there it, it is. It, that genuinely looks horrendous. Like, it's, I think it, it's... It's at the borderline of not being funny anymore and actually being quite serious. Yeah, I should have looked this up, and you may remember. Does does he get taken off because of that? Like, does he carry know. on playing? Yeah, I don't know. Because it does look really painful. Yeah, I wonder what inj- the injury was in brackets on CFAX yeah. the day after. <laughs> <laughs> still in that school uniform getup. Yeah, I think it lasts the season. Just really like him. Just really like Gianluca Vialli yeah. in every every possible context. I'm sure there's something problematic about him at some point, but he's just a really nice guy. Well, actually, yeah. Um, in an interview I did with Espen Bardson, who played under him at Watford, he said he was quite, he said to the players like, "Think about football 23 hours a day and sex for the other hour of the day." Oh, when uh, when Bardson said he had an interest in finance, so yeah. there's maybe a thing not to like him so much, but I don't want to <laughs> shatter any illusions. That's fine. It's fine. The crazy gang at Old Trafford here. Yeah, coming towards the end. I mean, the, the crazy gang got relegated the following season and was sort of losing relevance by this point. I mean, they obviously, they won the FA Cup a while back. But even like 96, 97, they were in the title race till like February. But um, starting to fall if, apart if anything, here that, a bit. that further cements my idea that 98, 99 is really where the Premier League started to get serious. Or maybe the season before. But you can't what, losing the crazy in the title gang. race in February. York and Cole, this little partnership starting to spark. Yes, I mean we we'll see just, a lot of that, but yeah, really they are. Nice to watch. Yeah, formidable, and obviously love playing together. As they're probably about to have. Me ask, we talk all the time. You know, he phones me in the morning, like gives me wake up call <laughs> and things like that. You know, so we get on really well together. You know, we do everything together. So the partnership's like doing really well on the pitch as well. Will he or won't he? This could be Martin. <laughs> It's now the equivalent, you know, they'd be Instagramming each other all the time and uh, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, pictures like of the two of them after the game. Lingard and Rashford style, yeah. Yeah, picture um, of like this one, full stop. 
here's more sort of Premier League managerial love triangles. So um, Graham had oh, gone yeah. to Spurs. Spurs went to play Leicester, but O'Neill yeah. was being linked with the Leeds job that Graham had vacated. So much so that Leicester fans turned up with "Don't go, Martin!" little placards and balloons. Yeah, also to, to also dissuade like, him from going. And and just like to how candid managers were. I remember like you know O'Neill. Yeah addressed that publicly and then sort of came out and said I'm staying I'm not going anywhere whereas I just don't that's feel right. you have that clarity nowadays what a goal O'Neal... by Muzzy is it yeah, that yeah. goal was then I'm... used in Dream Team I can't remember who scored it for Harchester but oh, they often right. they would just take games scored by teams in blue the and, sign uh, of a good goal when it's commandeered by yeah a, if it's um, getting on to, uh, it's getting to low Dream Team there, was a, there are a few Chelsea bangers from that period as well yeah. the Mario Stanich I one I think was, uh, was featured O'Neill you know at Leeds I mean? is kind that of a managerial reign that we that would have been quite good in Premier League history. I feel like I feel like we we were denied what something that would have yeah, been quite brilliant. But here he is saying, "I'm not going." Um, and um, so there we are. O'Neill's decision to stay at Leicester gave David O'Leary <laughs> the opportunity to step up to the top job at Leeds after serving as George Graham's assistant. This is where, so, so David O'Leary got the top job instead, and uh, just embarked on an era for Leeds that well I guess goes beyond the remit of this episode but um yeah Leeds just so maybe they didn't need O'Neill at all because they dreamed the dream after all <laughs> we got a great bunch of lads I mean that following season's Premier League years is dominated by O'Leary and those Leeds kids because I think that they finished they end up finished third in 1990,000 but they were top and second for most of it and it's all about them and their rise lovely finish from Michael Owen here Michael Owen being uh, amazing I, I again this segment began with um, a puddle and then the song being Blame It on the Weatherman. So it does have its little playful sort of literal moments. And, yeah. Uh, Bewitched, Michael Owen wasn't scoring it, goal song. after goal. And then, Gorgeous song. Uh, yeah. And then after, after, they, after he's finished scoring, I think it was four goals against... Uh, Forest. Forest. Forest, then, absolute he, whipping boys that season. Yeah, he then talks like a 38-year-old instead of an 18-year-old. <laughs> Here we go. And now they're saying I shouldn't even be in this side, shouldn't be in that side. It's it's, uh, it's a crazy world we live in, I think. The month ended with Brian Loudrop returning. Yeah, it's Such amazing. perspective like, I mean, for a young man. Yeah, he is so mature and kind of yeah. well-trained. There's Loudrop, the bottler. Couldn't handle it. Um, Van Hoydonk's back. Yeah, so the soap opera of Van Hoydonk. So it starts with him going on strike and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, he slowly basically, uh, I think they, stopped, they the other players stopped celebrating with him after his goals. And then towards the end of the season, they were absolutely loving him because he was the only <laughs> way they were going to stay up, which of course they didn't. Yeah, but that, that often happens, doesn't it? I mean, I remember with Suarez when he bit Ivanovic and Sunes was like, no player is bigger than this club. He'll never play for us again. And then as soon as his ban ended, he was back and he was you know, nearly took to the title. But Van Hooydonk was like the original striker, wasn't he? As in, I mean, going on strike, not centre forward. Indeed. Here's November's news, which is Texas is in our lifetime playing over the end of mad cow disease. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Cal Fogarty. Which which is both classic Premier League years and also quite topical for the times we currently live in. Dion Dublin here, signing for Aston Villa in November. Um, A nice little touch here, because he mentions... um, uh, getting back to one of the big six <laughs> in his career. Whatever sort of field of work you're in, you want to. Yeah, so get I remember them being the, the big five back in the sort of eighties, but I don't remember career, a mid nineties obsession with. Big no, six. I don't think that was an this official. Th- I think he's gone a bit rogue here, right. and kind of maybe being generous to his new employers. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. 
but a good signing because he scored nine in his first seven games. Yeah, he games. was on fire. He got two on his debut. I think he scored two in like his first each of his first three games or something. Um, and and he, you know, the the narrative was that he would fire Villa to the title. Um, but yeah, Spurs being put to the sword. Oh, he's got a chance. He's got his first goal. Here's Chelsea at West Ham. Uh, this is where Pierluigi Casaraghi suffers his career, oh. career-ending injury. And it obviously it looked very innocuous at the time. Um, but what makes what really kind of makes this very strange is the thumping backbeat of DJ Jean's The Launch playing. November's London Derby reaches into West the air in absolutely excruciating pain. This is one of this is one of several moments in each episode of Premier League years where the music is very, very inappropriate for what they're showing. I was gonna say that was really incongruous as Kazaragi's off off on a stretch and you've got that thumping bass yeah. kicking in. This is very appropriate. They can't though. really have sad music either. So I don't really know what they're supposed yeah. to do. So I guess kind of just energetic, dramatic music yeah, is the only option. But this is a perfect accompaniment. This is Roy Evans leaving and it's, Do you know where you're going to? While well, he sort of shakes his yeah. head. It's, very, yeah, it's quite, quite a lament. But this is a strange example, which we'll have in a couple of seconds. This is Roy Evans appearing at his own snacking press conference. I've never yeah. seen this before. really sad about it. It's like they're about to say he's died, and then he's actually sat next to him saying, yeah, sorry, guys. It, it, it was kind of a weird sacking, of course, because he was joint manager with Julier. Today and just went, sad Can day I just be manager on my own now? <laughs> and also, everyone knew it was going to happen. I have to inform you that we have agreed by mutual consent that Roy Evans and his assistant, Doug Livermore, are to leave the club. Yeah. And this is the great bunch of lads. You know, they're, oh, totally. They're kind so of David O'Leary becoming this kind of stepdad figure um, for this quite young Leeds team. Um, yeah. Yeah, really earnest. So proud and, and David O'Leary is a really kind of strange addresser of the media. Um, he's going to be interviewed in about 10 seconds, but um, as we watched, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank score the most Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank goal imaginable, which is cutting in and then smashing yeah. it with, a, with an element of placement. Smashing and it. Here's O'Leary doing an impression of an Irish person. <laughs> young lad that came on. His name wasn't even on the programme this afternoon, Alan Smith. He's a, he's a good, another young kid that... Uh, I'm delighted with, and uh, I was pleased. To, I, 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 would, I had confidence in him. I don't believe he's actually Irish. <laughs> not convinced. Um, Dave Bassett as Dave well. Dave Bassett, who is by law required to appear in every episode of Premier League years, regardless of whether he was employed or not. Yeah, I mean, with a team doomed for relegation, and he's sort of looking on, sadly. But, yeah, you know, we'll keep going. Forest. Yeah, exactly. So struggling for us to taking on flying Derby here at, uh, at the City Ground, and this is one of those those um, kind of Sky Premier League years montages that goes on for ages to the point where you actually lose track of what. Oh, the you score have no idea is. what's going on. Uh, so you think about twelve goals have gone in in amongst all the tackles, you, and then you think this is not an effective way of of telling me how the story of a game went because after a while I'm like, what is the score? And as it turns out, it's 2 The only thing that's slightly telegraphed, sometimes they'll stop the music and just play the commentary as goals go in. But here they're not really doing that. Like, it is really hard to know Mm. what's going on. Yeah, maybe the commentary just wasn't that good. I don't know. But this feels like... I mean, I, I know... One team was quite high up and one team was quite low down. But this doesn't feel like a game to really be lingering on. But <laughs> I, I guess that's the democracy of Premier League years, is that every team gets a decent showing. Yeah, I mean, also, the, yeah, they, I guess they just no had Premier this League montage. There's no Premier League equivalent of being last on Match of the Day, is there? Yeah, they had the montage. Like, oh, we, this will eat up a minute. Oh, this is the uh, building bridge-ish. 
worked very hard yourself, didn't you? The goal and uh, the header off the line. Do you feel you're building bridges now with the rest of the players? Whoa. I, think you're, I don't really like your questions. They are a bit negative. But you felt your performance was good. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, he really so was. Spiky. Nasty. Just so indignant. Aston Villa's all the time. unbeaten run lasted until the Fowler, who always scored ball. against Villa. And Robbie Fowler continued his yeah. return to Villa. Very, this is a very Villa long. heavy episode. Yeah, I well feel they, like I've seen a lot of Aston were, Villa in yeah, my They were top by Christmas or around uh, close to top. Yeah. Um, do you remember yeah. that Fowler one? I think '96. It would have been where he just cuts inside early on at Anfield and smashes like arrows it into the far oh, it's corner. Beautiful and a proper arrow yeah, as well. Like yeah. Peak Fowler. Um, but yeah, I feel like this. This these are the last throws of of peak Fowler. Very much so. And then he just got go, gets fat and plays for Man City. Yeah, he only really had a couple weird. more years yeah. at Liverpool after this. Yeah, it's so sad because he was, he was just so nice to watch. Yeah. But yeah. Just didn't have the body form for being a Premier League goal scorer in the, in the post-millennial period. Roy Hodgson getting sacked. Roy Hodgson just being livid mm. again. <laughs> yeah, he's and only been livid this episode. And, uh, you know a manager's been sacked when they show you a copy of a newspaper <laughs> coming off the printing press. <laughs> He's the oldest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is something else. What's going on? Oh, this is um, Duncan Ferguson going to Newcastle. Yeah, so livid fans sort of waving him goodbye and saying he, he wasn't that good anyway. But some of the, yeah, I was going to say, some of them seem so angry that he, they're kind of like, I never fancied him anyway, sort of seems to be the sentiment. He's never played in a decent side and never seen the best of him. And... But well, they love him again now. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Would that merit of time where he really of, had betrayed them? With that merit of Vox Pop sort of situation now, Ferguson leaving Everton to join Newcastle, it no, feels like there are just so many transfers. I, I can't imagine it being as big a deal. Of course, um, in accordance with the laws of Premier League years, um, no matter what they say about him, Duncan Ferguson would then go on to score in his debut. It had to be him. And there it is. It had to be him. It's that man, it's that Duncan, man Duncan Ferguson. Georgie Thompson must see players scoring on their debut and just go, brilliant, yeah. <laughs> got that line sorted. <laughs> well, also, this is the, you know, they she love their anymore, strikers up in the northeast. Um, another little um, classic Premier League years line here, which is West Ham quietly going about <laughs> their business. There's always yeah. a team quietly going about their business. West Ham. And they were second in December. Yeah. A fifth win in a row. Put them fourth with 19 games played. This is sort of I put it to you that West Ham are the, mo- uh, are the most reliably entertaining from a neutral perspective club in Premier League history. I feel like they've never had a dull moment. Especially this period. This is a good period for them with Harry Redknapp and uh, Decanio. Oh, Decanio is about Dodgy to join, signings. isn't he? He's, he's still in yeah. Rome being stalked by Rob McCaffrey. Terrible players. Yeah. <laughs> Rob McCaffrey turned out to be his agent. <laughs> oh, we're into December now and the news is that Richard Branson was trying to fly a hot air balloon around the world. I felt like this was a real late 90s obsession. Loads of people were trying to fly hot air balloons around mm. the world. And the other bit of news... Phil the Power Taylor. Phil Taylor winning the Again, darts. I feel he is such a regular on this segment. I guess because every year he was winning <laughs> he this competition. I guess it's because they had the right to the rights, show it. Yeah. I think it's probably what it is. Yeah. Brian Kidd unveiled as Blackburn's new manager and uh, again the new manager bounce alive and well as they take on what looks like Charlton I'm going to say yeah. Charlton looks Charlton-y Davis oh it's in oh and a Sasa man Illich. who couldn't score for three months Sasa Illich who earlier that season he'd kept a clean sheet and I was walking back from the game and this Charlton man said to me like oh that's Sasa Illich and I was like really he was like nah it's a no entry sign and I really I was like what oh. is he talking about but uh, yeah, it's just a, a quite a weird joke to be making. 
I think as Illich had kept clean sheets in the first three games of the season. And they're in the shadow Here's of the Keezy for so being long, shot from a very, very high up camera. Well, a blimp, I guess. How far out do they need to go goal. here? Well, maybe sure. they're making up for how zoomed in he was before. And they've really gone to the yeah, other extreme. Yeah. We're in a Goldilocks situation <laughs> yeah. with um, Richard Key's close ups. Um, a uh, bit of an anthem here. This is very Sky Sportsy, this song. This is This Feeling by Pure Essence, mm. a band I have no recollection of from the late 90s. Do no, you? No, but it, it does work quite well. Uh, and this is another one of those, like, the pro the Northeast bragging rights are up for grabs, sort of. Well, yeah, again, this, uh, I feel like this happens in every Premier League years episode, which is um, a reference to the hotbed mm. that is the Northeast. They love their football uh, up here. It, yeah, it's just like, yeah, are they ever going to get back to where they were? Where were they? <laughs> have, have they ever, has it ever really been a glorious place to play football? It's like a religion up some here. serious padding, though. Hamilton Rickard. Yeah, he's got some good goals. Who's yeah. that going through? Who's that celebrating? He scored a, with his left foot for Newcastle and then sort of don't wheeled away. Know. don't recognise him don't at know. all. I don't know. I mean, it's comforting in some ways that I don't recognise yeah. these players in this I think episode. that's the first player on this. still more to know. That must be the first player on this episode neither of us have recognised. Yeah, I'm going to say Stefan Johansson. No, Andreas Anderson. No, uh, maybe. Was Not Stefan Johansson. He played for Fulham about 10 years later. I think it was Andreas Anderson. But wasn't Andreas Anderson blonde? Oh, was no, he not blonde? No, he had dark hair, this guy. Well, this is great content, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> That's uh, Andreas uh, Anderson. Yeah, this is the struggle we have because they're showing us two minutes of slow motion footage of Middlesbrough and Newcastle from that season. Two fairly not very compelling teams. I think that was Anderson getting a sort of congratulating Gary Speed. Right, okay. But yeah, bragging rights in the northeast. Yeah, here we are under the, the lights. Wasn't this one of your questions that the this was the first new ground in the Premier League era at the Riverside? Yeah, Middles Middlesbrough were the first Premier League team to move to a new stadium, and uh, and I think they moved in '95. Yeah, it was for the '95, '96. Three season. years later, Sky is still billing them as here they are. They're into their new stadium. <laughs> Things are really happening for Middlesbrough here, and they're really looking to hit the big time. And I'm pretty sure they were relegated within five years. No, no one fact. They got, they got, they got relegated Cooper. the following season after moving into there. Yeah, Colin Cooper screaming into the face of Dean Gordon in celebration, which is a really good goal celebration. I feel like that's uh, going to be featured a lot over the rest of this episode. It looks like one of those moments that might yeah. be in the last. But there were also some like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that like a man who's watched this episode I'm many times before. He's rude, doing that thing where he, halfway for a sentence, he sort of starts waggling around and shaking his yeah. head as if to distract anyone from the stuff that he's saying. He sort of suddenly stops and steadies himself. Um, all this is Brian Robson's sort of dull, dour tones um, with, the back, with, the, with the soundtrack of Turn Around by Fats and Small. Great song. Wasn't that as well, the season before uh, but, was, was the rude hood at like, but that is not the real reason when he's talking about like why he's being sacked. And he gives this really impassioned yeah, press conference. Right. They say it's about money, but that is not the real reason. In transfer news, David Batty returned to Leeds. To David? David Batty back to Leeds, looking just... I don't remember Batty. him being away for that long. He went, it was at Newcastle no. and Blackburn, wasn't he? Newcastle, right. Um, of course, Turnaround by Fats and Small is a, an appropriate song because they're about to show two monumental Premier League comebacks. First of all, uh, Tottenham 2, Man United 2. United racing into a two-goal lead. With um, Beckham's crossing was now kind of at cartoonish God. levels of emphasis. It is like a computer game cheat where you just like press the cross button and it just lands perfectly on yeah, the player's it's head. Like, did he... Was he crossing it sort of, I don't want to say too well, but it's, just like, it's a bit much, isn't it? The whole body shape. 
Uh, I think that's definitely where he was at his most fantastic. And then Sol Campbell pops up with two yeah. goals. And Martin Tyler responds like this. Yeah, does sound like he just scored like an irrelevant conservation goal. Darren Anderton as well yeah, to give him his It feels due. like this was the this was the genesis of people uh, saying that Martin Tyler was biased for Man United <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't was. celebrating Sol Campbell's equaliser enough. But yeah, Villa here going one better. <laughs> Classic Georgie Thompson. Um, so this is Villa coming back to beat Arsenal yeah, so this at Villa was, Park. Uh, they were 2-0 down. Dion Dublin in on the act once more. A couple of days after my birthday as well, which I think oh, will be mate, why it's especially significant for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, and this, yeah, Villa here, I think, going back to the top of the table. What birthday was it, Charlie? What would it have been? 11th? Something like that? You know, when you're really... Football is kind of everything. Well, it was everything to me at that age. This game wasn't televised as well. It was on a Sunday, but not televised. So it was very much a watch on CFAX kind of thing. And uh, did not make for pretty viewing, let me tell you. More especially, Manchester has dominated this championship. But all the Manchester United versus Chelsea. Nice shot on the King's Road. This was built as a kind of North versus South power struggle. Chelsea glamour Manchester grit. In fact, doesn't he say something here? He's like, they need to show they're not soft anymore. Yeah, but there was... So much of um, Chelsea in the mid-90s in terms of for montage purposes was like, here they are from the West End of yeah, London. Yeah. You know, the, the rich guys. It's like, wow. And they want to bring you know. the party time back to West London. I have to say, Chelsea don't look that again. soft with these like Dennis Wise tackles. Of a fairly compelling Premier League rivalry, United Chelsea, because Chelsea would always win at Old Trafford and United would always win mm. at Stamford Bridge, and they, they, they couldn't find a way of working it out. Yeah, they had that re- weirdly really good record at Old Trafford, didn't they? Even when they weren't very good. It's about to happen. Two genuine yeah. title contenders. His keys United, of course, face. have been this way before, so they know all about occasions. You really like did these. know how to and really Chelsea build up excitement for a game that's coming up live and exclusive on Sky Sports. It does. Um, he was very good at this time, Keezy, to give him his due. Fair play. A good balanced view of Richard Keyes. <laughs> if that's one thing I expect from you, it's a good balanced view on Richard Keyes and Andy Yeah, Graham. oh, absolutely. Um, to give them some credit. I mean, I've followed both their careers so closely. Here's Zola with a lovely big finish over Peter Michael. Peter Michael just coming to the era, the end of this mini era where he kept getting lobbed yeah. and chipped by all sorts of well, players. My, friend, Matt Lizzie, my yeah, friend's got it. a theory that like watching back Premier League years, you're like, was he actually that good? Because he does constantly seem to be like <laughs> gaffing and getting chipped. Yeah, he doesn't come out of it covered in Do you know what I mean? Like um, so many players yeah. are chipping him. Or he's just kind of like... Celestine Babiaro. Yeah. Then, nearly scoring one of the greatest goals in Premier League And history. if that goal had then, gone uh, in, no how differently you know, the title race might have been yeah. if Chelsea had won that. Well, there are so many moments yeah. in this episode. Um, where you know if that goal had gone in or if that game had been well, won. I guess this, this title race was absurd. it was so close. United beat Arsenal by a point, and then Chelsea what three behind Arsenal? So it really was like yeah. it, it was so tight. Yeah, Chelsea and Villa were Chelsea and Villa were swapping the leads in sort of mid December, yeah. um, as one week by bare naked ladies plays Great in the background, sound. just to emphasise that this is a passage of time in which things happened. This was also the kind of the outro to American Pie, a film that came out. Uh, Ah, in 99 good, good so, topical yeah. cultural knowledge what a terrible 
Uh, here's a very lingering shot of Richard Rufus scoring an own goal off his groin. And here is uh, and then what we prophesied, the kind of, but for Charlton, it was going from bad to worse, despite exactly. that great season with the Sasserilic being a no-entry sign. Yeah. I mean, I consider Charlton to be a, an important part of early Premier League history, but in the same way that I, d- I don't want Everton ever to be relegated because I consider them to be a very important part of Premier League furniture, I could have done without Charlton in 1989. <laughs> well, it was a bit of a full storm. That's how I see certain teams. Yeah, it's like, I don't need you. That's how I see certain teams. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just, I just think, yeah, do you make a good episode of Premier League years? In this case, Charlton do. I mean, because they get relegated here, whereas they were then an established club for a good while, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. A bigger stadium than people think. It's like, you know, 30-odd thousand. It's just, uh, it's just a very strange club in, in so many ways. Here's Michael this Oates, is... a goalkeeper I only associate with calamities yeah. being sent off for handling the ball outside the box. And this is Gregory, which is always an automatic the referee has made a monumental around. error. Really <laughs> lingering on that. I think it was like the, probably the first time I'd heard that word. <laughs> it's like, oh... <laughs> He let go of the ball just on the line, though. He should have been sent off. VAR. Where was it in 98, he, 99? He, he, to me, as well, I mean, he's wearing the number 13, was a kind of perennial number two. Bosnich, yeah, it was Bosnich never a first would have been ahead of him at this time yeah. still. Because he then yeah. went to United in 99. Just a long line of hapless Villa goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, here's a goal from um, perennial England under-21 international, Ricky Skimmaker. Mm. Here's a story about him. Um, when he made his England Under-21 debut, his dad promised to stop smoking if he scored. He never scored for oh England no. Under-21. God, that's a lot of pressure Benedetto to put on your Benedetto Like, my I long-term health. What a weird deal to make as well. Normally, it's them putting sort of 10 grand on them being an England international. <laughs> but he said, no, I promise I'll stop smoking. But uh, as it turns out, presumably did not stop smoking. There was the monumental. But you're right as well about the perennial Under-21. That is entirely my memory of like Under-21 squads at that time. It was, it was Ricardo Skimmaker and not really knowing who he was. More John Gregory whinging now, uh, um, to the tune of tragedy. I say that jobs or, or championships or anything like that um, there, depend again, on one decision. You can pick any five-second slices but, of Premier uh, League years and go, "This is classic tonight. Premier League years," and that, that's what it is. John Gregory wisecracking as steps plays in the background. But if John Gregory had problems, they were That's a good segue. But if John Gregory yeah. had problems, because Forrest were yeah, exactly. terrible. Oh, Harry Bassett is. You're getting sacked, mate. Yeah. That is Premier League, is it? If something X happened, then something related was happening to somebody else. But while X were doing Uh, well, Y were doing even better. Here's a montage... Here's a montage of some of the world's best goalkeepers, which is Schmeichel, De Hoy, Ian Walker, and And then Sasserilic. Some of the world's best, which I guess, you know, factually you can't disagree with because that's just a relative term. So um, There's Sasserilic there. And yeah. Oh, everyone gets a good shout out here. There's Russell Holt, I think. <laughs> That's Seaman. Nigel Martin. Nigel Martin. Yeah. That hard. To, uh, Paul Jones. Jones. Yeah. Paul, Paul Jones made lots of good saves. Who then went to Liverpool event good. for a brief period. Do you remember yeah. it was like an emergency loan signing? Oh, At Sheffield Wednesday. I don't remember that. Yeah, I know. There are so many moments here where you think he played for Paging them. Paging Nancy Frosty. Uh, also I mean, that's Carlton got to Palmer, be a Nottingham Forest. remembering Cernicek at Sheffield Wednesday. I would read mm, that. Definitely. I would read that. So this, um, yeah, this, this goes on for another few seconds. Uh, just, I mean, it's, it's nice to have saves galore kind of sections. Yeah, Shaka Hislop there, and, uh, who, was also, who was competing with Cernicek back in the Newcastle days. He's now at West Ham, it looks like. By the year end, the top of the table so here's the Premier League table familiar. at the end of the year. Villa are top. Chelsea are second. And United Arsenal are tied in third. 
that's just a very strange looking Premier United League table. But then you've got Charlton, Southampton and Forest in the, in the bottom uh, three. United doing that thing Fergie used to talk about, of just like being on the tails of the leaders, just waiting to pounce. And from here on in, they didn't lose a game and really accelerated second half. And again, to its credit, Premier League, Premier League years doesn't really do sort of foreboding stuff very well. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't try and sound like it's knowing about what happens at the end of the season. It's very faithful to the chronology yeah, in terms true. of its tone. Like it never says, right, you know, but this will come yeah. back to haunt them later. But in this the was season. as good as it got. Like, for very Aston much Villa. in the moment. Yeah. So here we are in January, and um, the news is very sportsy. We've got some golf. Some bloke did something. David Duval. Which, if I had to, if I had to randomly pick a golfer from the nineties, it probably would be David Duval. Also, what event happens in um, January in golf? Just, he just, I think he just broke some sort of record. Oh, right. Then, then you got, um, <laughs> the weird thing is, you got you got David Duval doing some golf, Ronnie O'Sullivan playing some snooker, Super Bowl thirty three, the Ashes, and then it, then for some reason in the background they've got footage of the Waco siege from nineteen ninety three, which is really inappropriate. And it pops up a few times in this episode. It's the Waco siege, which is like a, a huge digger trying to um, release some uh, funda- Christian fundamentalists also, from uh, from the man. Also, now. wasn't like the What's end of '98, like the NATO bombings and that sort of thing. Would that have been deemed too heavy yeah. for the new section of Premier League years? I guess that might have been too incongruous yeah. with. Well, meanwhile, Sky Sports I'd launched like, to... Player Cam or something. Mm. I'd love to be in the editing room when they decide. Can we put this yeah. in? Should we? Well, it happens. <laughs> that's that's news. Yeah. Guess that's probably. I mean, like, the mad cow disease is just about on the cusp of what's not too heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, we are reaching the final straw for Dave Bassett, <laughs> which is again, that feels like a, a feature of many episodes of Premier League years. Um, which is Forrest losing this, to what looks like Portsmouth. This in the is FA rogue, Cup. though, Adam. They're showing FA Cup footage. I know. I don't. But I guess they have well, they the rights. Well, they would have had the rights, but, but normally, yeah, you know, normally it's quite a strict delineation, unless it's in the news section of like, you know, but the League Cup was won by Tottenham. But just, you know, mid-episode. Yeah. And who replaced? Interesting. Who replaced Dave Bassett of Ron Forrest? Atkinson. Uh, we'll come on to him yeah, in a few minutes, won't we? More on him later. I mean, you bet we will. his introduction is uh, Premier League legend. Oh, it's incredible. I'm so glad it was in this episode. I'm so delighted. <laughs> I don't care if nobody listens to this episode. We got to talk about that bit. York and Cole here, shivers um, the re- their partnership really starting to bloom. I think it was the turn of the year when Cole kind of, apparently kind of sort of cemented his place in the side, and uh, and they they, were just, they just loved each other. I think um, Cole, we've already heard from Cole talking about his relationship with York, um, but I think um, coming up is, is kind of some references to how they work together, and I feel like their nicknames needed some work. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, it was Dwight York was the smiling assassin, yes, and uh, alongside Cole, Cole the, goal. the goal. So they and they had ba- the baby-faced assassin on the bench. So half of their strike yeah. force were assassins. Bob, nearly twenty million. Just a set of trained like killers. They're the hottest front two in the Premiership. The smiling go, assassin and Cole the goal. And there we are. All right, so I, I've got down Cole. I've got Cole down as more of the finisher, kind of the sort of the. The marksman and Dwight York was more of I'm not going to say number ten, but he he was kind of a converted winger anyway because he started off as a left winger for Villa. So I see him as more of the kind of creative side mm. of it. Would that be fair I to don't say? Know. It, the weird thing about them is they're they're both like in my mind quite similar in what they do. Like they're both like lethal yeah. finishers who I think of like both as being number nines. I mean, you look at so many of these goals and their crosses from the right or from the left. And then just like, you know, mm. deadly headers or volleys and that sort of thing. It, it wasn't like yeah. a kind of 
Sheringham playing number 10 role. But, no, but they, they dovetailed so well, like that Barcelona goal where one dummies it and then they returns it and oh, makes totally. it run. And they did that a few times. It was such a nice little routine. Well, the numbers were crazy. They Of the 36 games they started that season, United only lost once. Right. And they scored 81 goals in that time. Yeah. And and they scored 53 between them. I just I, I just really miss kind of... Um, strike forces. Equal strike punches. Oh, this is nice. This is John Hudson oh, yeah. being welcomed to Wimbledon by having his clothes burned and thrown out the training ground window. I know. Th- this looks... It's one of those where you're like, God, I'm so glad I'm not well, there. Carnu received a slightly more dignified arrival. <laughs> I like that dig from Georgie <laughs> Thompson. slightly more slightly dignified, more dignified arrival, arrival, arrival. And here's Ron <laughs> yes! Atkinson. Also, Ron Atkinson sitting so in long the wrong dugout. So he's there now. Charlie, talk us through it. Still doesn't realise. Then a little p- a polite steward steps in and goes, Ron, yeah. Ron, Fabian Caballero yeah. laughing at him. Fabian Caballero and Nelson Vivas. And then he has to use Nelson Vivas as a ladder. <laughs> oh, he took it well though, didn't he? Fair play to him. Martin Keown with a, a rare goal. Meanwhile, Bridge, this is a good meanwhile. Stanford Bridge. Yeah, this is a good meanwhile. And uh, and the first the first um, opportunity to for Gordon Strachan to show his uh, his cutting. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he became like synonymous with those sort of snipey press conferences, didn't he? Where he'd take people to task over questioning yeah. and like. So Chelsea beat Coventry with a late goal from Roberto Di Matteo, and then Gordon Strachan blames his touchline yeah, fracker on him being ginger. There's other people buying an eats and everything else, but uh, Mr. Winter picked out the smallest guy with the red hair. Uh, I think I'm being unfortunate. Yeah, does he say like they pick on the small ginger one or something? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this this is a good uh, Premier League years sort of motif, Adam. This is the what has Man United clicked into overdrive. <laughs> clicked into overdrive is such a Premier League years phrase. <laughs> and they are. Look at them um, clicking into overdrive. They, they, this is I can literally see them clicking and I can see the overdrive as York and Cole score what looks like eight goals yeah. between them in the same game Again, and fully the score lost track. is just six two. Even Yap Stam scoring. Yeah. God, he was good he at Getting in the act. Yeah, that's a getting in on the as, act. As that is a great getting in on the act. Yeah, that is. That is. But Liverpool went one better that same afternoon. Robbie Fowler here scoring uh, in the process of Liverpool beating Southampton 7-1 at Anfield. Um, Fowler scores his 100th Liverpool goal and of course, as he always... As, all goal scorers should claims after the game that he had no idea yeah. and that one of his teammates had to Doesn't tell he say Carragher told him? And I love the idea of Carragher being that much of a nerd, yeah, which James probably Carragher was the case that he knew. Me. I was quite shocked, to be honest. Didn't Carragher know. was a student exactly. of the game, so he probably did And know. here's the Canio. Canio returns returned to the Premiership alongside Mark Vivian Foe. Where's McCaffrey? So West Ham, West, Ham just, West Ham made some really adventurous signings. They did, although I guess... He'd already proven he could do it in the Premier League. I mean, he yeah. was obviously... Blackburn signing Jason McAteer, which is slightly more... bread <laughs> to less option. fanfare. And here's Van Hoydonk yeah. building those bridges that he talked about. Exactly. Like, those celebrations there, they're all mobbing yeah. him. There was no, no hint of a, uh, you know... Oh, Ron Atkinson giving a really earnest response. The European Cup or something like that. You know, it was, it was a, it was a very, very happy dressing room. And I want to say to the boys, you've sampled both sides of it now. Which do you prefer? Oh, I love that. That's good, man. Yeah, you've, you've sampled both sides. Which do you prefer? You've sampled being shit and you've sampled being good. Which do you prefer? And they didn't good win another stuff. game That's all season. Analysis. There's Sasserilic. And Roy Keane looking goal. happy. And you imagine if he was watching this, he'd be like, you just beaten Charlton 1-0. Why are you fucking celebrating? Like, where? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And there <laughs> he is, like, wheeling away. All, all you've done is beaten Charlton, Roy. 
one last minute goal against a relegation doomed club. Here's Arsenal beating Chelsea, which happened 480,000 times in the 1990s. Um, soundtrack by David Bowie. And uh, a little cameo appearance in about 10 seconds for the guy who celebrated uh, like mental at Old Trafford the season before. The, the curly yeah, head guy. it's crazy he gets this he little pops sequel. Up again. They must have been so pleased yeah. when they found him. He's a lot more measured though here, isn't he? He's not... Yeah. He's kind of, you know... I guess he's sort of saying... Well, Look, I guess it wasn't such a pivotal there moment. There you go, yeah. Moment. But that's definitely him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100%. The but I guess he's saying, you know, I'm not wow. a performing monkey. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, celebrate normally this time. I would say it's a very important one for us. Yes, they were scouring the stands for the guy from Old Trafford. There he is. I wonder if they did that every game. They probably did. Yeah. Like the Highbury Screamer, but in a video. Exactly. So here we are. We, we got to the end of January now and four teams are separated by four points in the league table. Has there been a piece kind uh, of finding that fan and talking to him? I bet there has. I think there has. And yeah. if not, why yeah, not? he got sort of hunted down. If they don't do it, the athletes yeah. will. Um, into February, Ken Livingstone, the mayor of London, and uh, Glenn Hoddle quits England over some very problematic comments he made in the newspaper. Yeah, his apology is quite weird, isn't it? It's a bit of like, I'm really sorry yeah. if you were offended type. I accept yeah. that I made a serious error of judgment Here we go. in an interview which caused misunderstanding and pain to a number of people. Caused misunderstanding and pain to a number of people? Uh, I think... Yeah, it's a bit weird. Also, was that just Ken Livingston announcing uh, his candidacy for the mayorship of London? Oh, sorry, yes, it wasn't actually No, but I, but, yeah, but I just mean point. that seems like not big enough, given that it feels, you know seems like quite a high bar to get in if you're news that doesn't really feel that significant for most of the country but anyway anyway here's maria by blondie which was released five days before this game great song and uh and forest won manchester united eight this is the Solskjaer four goals after coming on as a sub isn't it yeah and every time i see this and of course we've all seen this this game or the, the highlights of this game so many times because it is you know an 8-1 away from home is it's just such good brand awareness for the sunday telegraph because that's yes. like one of the more famous yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, advertising <laughs> hoardings like street fighter behind matt letitia's yeah. goal it must be really good for their branding just to be constantly attached to uh Solskjaer's makes me want to go out and buy a sunday telegraph forest. right now going around to just to make sure it gets a good workout a bit of a workout and take York off and he's complaining about his hat trick. But also just so... Despite the fact that Solskjaer came off the bench and scored he's four so times. Ha like, he's just loving it though, really, isn't he? He's just like, mm, it's yeah. all the plans coming together perfectly. He knows they're going to win everything. Big teams don't have that many strikers in their squad anymore. It's so weird. That four striker like, era, yeah. Well, I guess because everyone played two up top, didn't they? So you, you sort of yeah, needed them to rotate. True. Yeah, so you could kind of explain to them that they were going to get their exactly. chance. Exactly. I remember on football... Uh, Charlton again... So Charlton-heavy, this episode. And here's Martin, Martin Pringle, Pringle with what I can only describe as a crisp finish. Yeah. I remember Match Magazine were nice. huge on him. Obviously, you know, such an easy pun. Yeah. that They really went to town. Absolutely. Don't think he got many more goals. No. Martin Pringle. Oh, this is a, a wonderful own Dean goal. Blackwell. The perennial England hopeful Dean Blackwell, who never got a cap, but was always... Was he? Was, I don't remember that. Yeah. But, the, but presumably his hopes ended by backheeling the ball into his own goal past uh, Neil Sullivan. It's Man United versus Arsenal. Neil Sullivan, who, by the way, Adam feels very Paul Jones standard of that sort of... They feel like, to me, very interchangeable keepers. Yeah, I just... My abiding memory of Neil Sullivan is looking sad after he's just conceded a goal, um, which is never a good look for a keeper, <laughs> I don't think. What about Paul Jones? What's your abiding memory there? 
just flying saves. Right, okay. Like, I, I remember him as one of the sort of top 10 Premier League shot stoppers, but not really being good at anything mm. else. Um, yeah, but Paul, he, yeah, as you say, as you said before, he went to Liverpool in the end, which just seems such a strange yeah. thing. This is Dwight York missing a penalty um, at Old Trafford against Arsenal. This game was littered with really, really presentable chances being Yeah, missed. United really... And good goalkeeping. From really should have won, and then Arsenal pinched one on the break. This, this by the way, Carney... Yeah. I think if he'd signed earlier in the season, Arsenal would have won the league because they really struggled to score yeah, goals in the first half of the well, season. This is it again. And th- this season is full of potential sliding yeah. door moments. It's incredible. And th- they basically um, had Chris Ray was their only backup for the first half of the season and he yeah. regressed to being yeah. really not very good. They brought in Kanu and Cabadiawara. Mm. Now, Cabadiawara had yeah. less impact and isn't actually mentioned here. <laughs> but uh, Kanu was brilliant, scored some really important goals and there he does this crazy this game looked great. dummy on Yap Stam. And there's a midweek rain-soaked yeah, humdinger brilliant. of a game between United Arsenal and 1-1. So no clues yet as to who's going to be racing away with this title. But meanwhile... And Arsenal Ivory, are about to click into overdrive here. Oh, oh, this is great. This is Ian Dark commentating perfectly to Shanks and Bigfoot's Sweet Like Chocolate. And does! And Anelka really, you know, just becoming amazing... And, but not really celebrating, which and the Le Sulk nickname. Oh and right, he was, off to, he was good. He was. Oh, he was. He just lo- he looks like way beyond his years in this season. He was deadly. Like, but the interesting thing as well, like surrounded by players like Tony Cotty yeah. and things like that, and here he is sort of streaming away like a proper twenty twenty kind of. But player. he evolved quite a lot because back then he was a real like play on the shoulder kind of merchant. Whereas by the end of his career, he, he could almost play as a 10. Like at Chelsea, he was so versatile as a striker. He could do oh, he was so great many things. Really good. Like he was a lot more than yeah. just that. Yeah, I completely agree. He's almost unclassifiable. Yeah. But still had a good finish on it. It is a shame for him, I think, that he did go so early. Like I think he could have had a sort of Thierry Henry trajectory. I mean, he was so, so good. Then went to Real, didn't really work out, PSG. And then came back to City, didn't he? Oh, Liverpool first on loan. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like a deluxe journey. Yeah, basically. yeah, very much um, so. And, and then was it Bolton? And, like yeah. Sam Allardyce's Bolton? If, if if one club had to build a statue of Nicholas and Elko, well, who would it be? Yeah, exactly. It's the Michael Owen problem. Bolton? Not really yeah. loved by any of his clubs anymore. Gordon's really tracking again, coming out with some witticisms. Can't remember what they are. But, um, uh, but uh, we're moving on from that because we're about to see um, Graeme Lasseau smacking Robbie Fowler in the back of the head to the tune of Britney Spears' Hit Me One More Time. Oof. This Hit Me Baby, Hit me baby one, one More Time, actually. Yeah. This was um, yeah. pretty grim, wasn't it? I mean... Yeah. Uh, Premier League years kind of gloss over this, as they do with many controversies. They don't really give you the details. But, yeah, it, it basically um, went from Robbie Fowler taunting Graeme Lasseau at a free-kick situation... Uh, with some alleged homophobic remarks, and then Graham Lasso elbowing him in the back of the head and not getting sent off for it. All amid the most annoying um, shadows in Premier League <laughs> history, which was the half-built Stamford Bridge. That late January low sun. Yeah, horrible. Uh, it should be against the law to play in conditions like that. I'd rather play in driving rain and snow than the direct, direct sunlight of, of... This was around the time Chelsea played in snow as well. Do you remember spring. Tromso the season before? Televised yeah. on Channel 5. Great footballing conditions. There's nothing wrong with playing on snow. <laughs> so would you rather snow Safety or win? paramount. Yeah, good football is paramount. Kevin Keegan, England manager. But in championship manager style, he actually keeps his Fulham job and manages both at the same time? Yeah, though not for long. Again, like the Roy Evans arrangement, I think it, it felt pretty doomed and 
sure enough, he left Fulham after a while. Here's the Waco uh, Siege I went again, to that just in case game, you actually. needed a reminder of the Waco Siege. Ah, <laughs> Tottenham winning the Worthington Cup. Yes, and you can read my piece on this as part of the 1999 <laughs> Rebooted on The Athletic. Uh, Would you yeah, say... Tottenham... Carry on. No, no, uh, yeah, Tottenham nicking it in stoppage time. Oh, and also there, Georgie Thompson says Stefan Everson scored the winner. Incorrect. It was Adam ah. Nielsen. A, rare, a very rare guy. error to give them their We're doing due. a good service here. Yeah. Would you say Worthington were the worst League Cup sponsors? I think they were. <sighs> what about Milk? Milk's it, good. It was, the, it was the Milk Cup. The Milk Cup. That to me cup. sounds very Mickey Mouse. I'd say Carling Cup is the best. Carling Followed Cup. Followed by Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola was what was kind of my first introduction to it. I, I think oh, here's, of that as... here's Sky Sports bigging themselves up by introducing their new digital service, which is Sky Sports Active, which didn't actually launch until the summer of 1999. But they launched a new channel called Sky Sports Extra, which became Sky Sports And was that Vinnie Jones, War. or was it just someone who looked like him? Who's that? Was it Vinnie Jones in the ad there? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, okay. So Sky Sports Extra became Sky Sports 4, which, which is now Sky Sports Golf. So... Uh, there's your chronology of the extra Sky Sports channels. Yeah. And and here, I think Abadiawara came on in this game, actually. Um, Can you name the track? And I remember briefly someone someone trying to start a chant of his name to um, Karma Chameleon. Like, Cabba, 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 Diawara. But unsurprisingly, it didn't really catch on. Because I don't think there was ever a moment that really merited his name being sung. <laughs> yeah, to think what might have been for him. Man United so keeping is... on trucking here uh, to the tune of uh, <laughs> Saltwater by Chicane. We should do. There should be a Spotify playlist of all the Premier League tunes. Oh, I bet two. there is. That, I mean, that would be sort of crazy is. I looked if it up beforehand. There's kind of a sort of vague one, but if someone's going to do this, they've got to do it properly. But it, I, I think it might end up being a really shit Spotify playlist. It'd be such a, <laughs> full of so many random tunes. That's one of the goals I mean, by the way, just a, you know, across a really good cross from one of the wingers and then either Cole or York's there. Andy Cole here giving a really, really good Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy I scored the goals today, you know, but I'm just saying before, you know, I'm not really fussed, you know, who scores, you know, we just want a bit of silverware come me, you know, that's the most important thing. <laughs> Just really non-committal, making sure the team comes first. Really nice to score goals. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. I don't want to ever talk to you ever again. <laughs> Please, can we end this as soon Here's as possible? Here's Leeds in great form. Yeah, they, Leeds they, are motoring they, now under O'Leary. Yeah, Mark, six, six wins in a row. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, again, scoring very Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank goals, which are kind of 80% power, 20% curl. I also and associate then, Leeds at this time with a lot of these type wins, like four yeah. nils, four ones at home to derbies <laughs> with four different scorers, all kind of low drives from the edge of the box. But, but then, so this is a great Ian goal. Hart's right foot. Yeah. You I, can I imagine thought, he would have given a, you know, a foot was just for standing really interview after. Sunday lunchtime so this is Chelsea this kind of stamp, stamping themselves as kind of title contenders, but I just, I just yeah. don't buy this Chelsea team as a title-winning team. I, I know. They had Flo, who was good. They had Desai at the back. They had De Hoy, but I, if they had won the title, I just I can't imagine looking back now and thinking, what a great Premier League team. It's really strange. Yeah, it might be just with hindsight, but watching this, I'm, it just feels so inevitable that they would flake eventually. Yeah, like, and I, I feel like I thought that at the time, like they just yeah. wouldn't quite, like they weren't quite ready to do it. I, d I just but, don't, I don't remember at the time thinking this is on at any stage. Yeah, I think it, maybe it was an element of the title race being like a four-way scrap at some point, but I just don't buy. Also, Chelsea I guess as a when there's win. Arsenal and United both that two like proper thoroughbreds, that would have 
to finish above yeah. both of them would have been very difficult. I remember this game as well was like an early Sunday kickoff because I think it's the same day as the aforementioned Worthington Cup final. And it was quite controversial that it was that early or something. Here is a three-minute segment of Keys and Gray introducing some funnier moments. Oh, so this, yeah, so surely Colin Cooper is going to feature. Wimbledon speelde totaal voetbal vandaag tegen Arsenal, waar Holland onbekend is. What's going on? From Joe Kinnear pretending to be Dutch there and then saying he was speaking German. Is that what it is? Right. And they're absolutely pissed themselves. Yeah. A couple of people getting the. <laughs> Harry Bassett, get ball. yeah, ball getting booted in the head, kind of Laurent Robert Bernard style. I was think of that. Yeah, ref getting Ian pushed Wright's over. goal celebration, which mocked Paul Alcock being um, pushed over by Paolo Di Canio. Ah, yeah. And then this is amazing. Richard Keys offering the man of the match prize <laughs> <laughs> to Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge from a viewer from Birmingham. <laughs> Wins the record. Yeah. Knowing me, knowing it was me. Great I didn't, didn't realise Richard Keyes and Alan Partridge had ever, ever collided, and they did. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, he's a Keyes must be a big influence on that character. And he's yeah. mentioned, actually, Richard Keyes is mentioned in one of those I Partridge books in a footnote uh, right. about his move to, uh, to the Middle East. Very, very funny. Yeah. Maybe in response to that. I'm not sure what this subsection of the segment is. This is players just going crazy. So Ketsbyer oh, yeah. hitting See, the advertising board in a Ketsbyer different season. That's from the previous season. Yeah. That shouldn't be in there. Yeah, that's, that's bad editing. That's cheeky. That's cheating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cheating Premier actually, League loyalists. Yeah. Yeah. Livid Roy Hudson for yeah, the third Hudson time. Angry. Kazaragi going into the advertising hoarding. God, Steve Clark was ginger. still playing for Chelsea at this time. Yeah. And there's Cooper. Uh, yeah. He looks like Irwin in that kind of age category. Like, yeah. so shouldn't still be playing. Yeah, completely. But it's nice to have these little sort of light-hearted bits, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it goes on for a while. And uh, in about 10 seconds, we're about to see Richard Keyes um, getting bullied by the entire Wimbledon squad. Oh, yeah. As he walks, <laughs> as he walks rather knowingly down the halls of their training ground. Uh, yeah. John Hart he and Berkovich making up. That's nice. I mean, Keyes. Uh, here's Keyesy. Keys just looks like he's in absolute heaven here. Well, we've come to the engine room, the heart of what is. The heart of... Vinny <laughs> 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 Jones saying, hold his arms down in the style of a man who's bullied many, many people in his life. Yeah. <laughs> Not Vinny Jones' first bullying rodeo. Oh, and oh. coming up to that guppy goal. Oh, one of, one of my least favourite wonder goals of my entire life. I have so yeah, many issues that with that guppy goal. Yeah, that was a dagger to Chelsea's heart, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's not just that. It's just goals scored with weaker feet. You're not a fan of them? They're considered to be great goals. Don't like them. Don't like them. What, because they're so measured? No, it's just because they look so awkward. A player swinging his weaker foot just right. looks really just, a, just bad. Um, here we are into April, and Premier League is, as it often does, getting incredibly serious. Uh, Giordando's murder. Um, the news of that is followed by the, the Soho pub bombing. And... Uh, this is the problem with Premier League years. It's, I guess it, it feels like it has to commit to the bad news when it happens, even alongside these joyous football scenes and three minutes of banterous football segments. They then follow it with the, the kind of really kind of serious news. Does yeah. it add weight to this program? Is, is it something you feel like they had absolutely have to do? But then I guess yeah, here we go. This is Giggs in that FA Cup. Thank God someone's found Ryan Giggs's FA Cup semi-final goal to <laughs> kind of distract it back towards the football. Otherwise, it started getting very uh, yeah. A good, a good segue back to the back to the football and the title. Yeah, they were like, "Thank God we've got the rights to the FA Cup." Oh, <laughs> here we are. And I mean, this Robbie is... Fowler scoring a penalty against Everton and then pretending to snort cocaine off the goal yeah. line. 
And what was the background he'd been accused of taking cocaine or something? Or something, yeah, he and was it, responding to the taunts. But do you remember what yeah. Gerard Houllier tried to explain it away as? No. He said that um, Rigobert Song used to celebrate goals in training by eating the grass and pretending to be a cow. <laughs> and that's what Royal Ruby Fellow was doing, and the FA were not impressed. <laughs> um, but we're moving on to Everton's woes and, and their relegation battle. He, and, um, he looks very beleaguered there, doesn't he? Yeah, Walter Smith. And this is all done to the classic relegation um, battle and the believe by Cher. Yeah. Also, I thought that was going to go into a uh, he'd just been sacked, but so a bit of a twist there on the normal yeah. Yeah. kind of motif. I'm, I'm happy Cotty's to say that Believe by Cher is the best track on this on this episode of Premier League. It's an absolute banger. Such it is good. I, I do like Blondie's Maria. I, I will uh. hold my hands up. <laughs> That was very Richard Keysy there. <laughs> you do slip into keys very briefly. Not afraid to admit it. <laughs> well, for want of a better phrase. Did you watch his recent thing on uh, starting the season again? Uh, him and yeah. Gray talking at a safe distance from one another in Qatar. Oh, and him saying, Reset. Oh, Reset. Anyway, that, here's that's Kevin his Campbell. New, that's his new hobby horse. Yeah, yeah Campbell, Kevin who Campbell who saved who's... Everton from the drop. Yeah, he did. He scored um, nine goals in five games to keep them up after that arriving is... from Trabs on Spore. On For a player who I don't remember being prolific at any point in his career, no, exactly. maybe at the very start, that's an amazing I, I, uh, I, I like Kevin Campbell. I feel like he's a good bloke and a good footballer. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he never scored loads. He, he was a really good foil free and right. Oh, um, no. Oh, this is Here's the moment, Michael Owen yeah. doing his hamstring. Like, this, is the most, this is the most kind of harrowing tear of a hamstring I've ever seen. Yeah. And then I he gets weighed so... by the Ellen Road crowd as well as he goes down. That must be I remember so vividly watching it. And that's another side of moment, how different his career could have been. Really, like, listening to him talk about that is it's very poignant. Now, here's Chelsea 2, Leicester 2, which is a crushing moment for any Chelsea fan who, who will be watching stroke listening to this because um, this was the second of three consecutive draws that basically finished off their supposed nominal title challenge, despite the fact they didn't look like a title-winning team at any stage. Uh, all to the tune of "Don't Stop" by by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just crushing because um, I thought I th- they either went two 0 up on this game or, or uh, two one up, and then I think it was Steve two 0 Yeah, I think it was two 0 Fairly. Zola late on lobbed it then. over Casey Keller. Yeah. But Leicester who, gave who, as good who? as they got in this game by 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 the looks of it. Um, Leicester were yeah, a good Chelsea side went, then as well. Yeah, Chelsea went two 0 up after sort of a very very strange own goal from from Matt Elliott, um, who kind of. Chasing back, the ball rebounded off the post, hit him, and went in. So Which yeah, we'll Chelsea kind were... of see here. Yeah, here we go. But so not really. In off his unmentionables and in. Oh so Chelsea yeah. up and cruising. And and you know at this point you're thinking, can we catch United? Yeah, maybe this was the point that Chelsea fans were thinking. Well, maybe we can, but yeah. Then Dubry scores an own goal. He um, then... so so far Dubry has been shown giving away a penalty. And scoring yeah. an own goal, I think that's about it for him this yeah. season. I mean, he he that's was much maligned, wasn't he? This episode, I just hate that Steve Guppy goal. I really hate it. It's just it, there are satisfying <laughs> things to watch in football, and Steve Guppy's goal with his right foot from the edge of the box is not one of them. It's just that's what it is. Anyway, I'm get I'll, I'll get over that now because here's Arsenal putting six past Middlesbrough at the yeah. right side. This is if if they were in overdrive before, this might be Top Gear. Yeah, this is Top Gear because um, Nicholas and Nelka just looking devastating. Yeah. And I this is the uh, the goal that Carnu flick, the flicked volley. And I oh, remember yeah. watching this on Soccer Saturday and Jeff standing me like, we have just witnessed a goal of the season contender. Carnu's great. 
But yeah, see Kanu again, big impact. And it meant Arsenal could rest Burkamp a bit as well. Didn't overplay him. Just a kind of yeah, front Anelka three of Overmars, Kanu and Anelka. You've got pretty much everything you could conceivably want from an yeah. attacking trio there. I just can't think of anything they're lacking uh, as a collective. This is a yeah. just a wonderful it, goal. Yeah. The back heel from Kanu. Yeah, as you said, it was a volley as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it kind Lee of overshadowed Nicholas Anelka's goal here, which is he's on the edge of the box, sort of gets it out of his feet, does two players, and then pushes, <laughs> rifles it into the other top corner. Sort of and Michael this Owen, did, this but refined. Arsenal top, yeah. Mm. I did ask you a few weeks ago whether you so had to young, win all your cause games. In the background. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I wonder like, how the cause feel hearing that song now. It must feel quite uh, poignant. We are so young, obviously, 21 years on. Well, because they're not young anymore. Because we're not so young anymore, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's a very Premier League easy to thing to, to have thought. Anyway, it certainly um, makes me feel poignant and yeah. sad. I think we're getting into kind of relegation dogfight territory now. But um, yeah. Kevin Campbell scoring yet again to assure their survival. And this gets me back to my, my point I made before. It's just, you know, there's that stat about Everton not being relegated for about 50 years, 60 years, or they're, and they're from the top flight. And it just feels like the Premier League would not be correct without having Everton in there somewhere. Yeah. Whether they're doing well, whether they're doing badly or not, or anything in between, you need to have Everton in the Premier League. So they're near misses. They they're are just part of the something. furniture. Where, where do you sit on that debate, Adam? You know, the kind of like when people do their sort of arbitrary dream Premier League team. Uh, you know, do you know what I mean? They're top 20 teams and it's like Leeds are often are normally in there. Well, you've got Everton. Forest here. Um, would you include Forest? Yeah, well, the Forest are a very borderline case because I can now consider now I would consider them very much a Championship team, and mm. yet they're probably on the cusp of coming back up. They were historically a Premier League team. Yeah, they're, they pretty much sum up the debate quite well. Um, mm. But I mean, this they is are their last relegated. Premier League season. Yeah, they're getting relegated here to the tune of "No Distance Left to Run" by Blur. So sometimes the song choices are not. Oh, there's a, a head drop from Ron Atkinson. <laughs> he knows it's all over. You imagine the interview was going like, but you know, we didn't go down today. You know, this has been uh, this has been months to come, but we'll okay. be back. We'll be back. Who was man of the match, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Different year. Don't, I'll whip him. Yeah, I'll whip him for that. Great finish. Jimmy Floyd has to make with a nice little cute finish against United, Ellen Road. Yeah, Leeds that's played, a pretty atypical finish. You know, you're talking about four of the kind of get out of it and bang it. That's a very uh, yeah. very smart one. This the only pass way to beat coming Michael up. is to kind of yeah, hoodwink oh, him a bit. Roy Keane, so good. That was such an inevitably Man United he definitely going to score yes. a goal. He goal. Even just watching that goal, you feel the kind of 20 minutes before where the pressure would have been building. But yeah, Roy Keane's pass just dissects the defence and chip through ball. The elites were just around and about causing a pain to loads of teams yeah. at that time. Having a big say in the title race, left, right yeah. and centre. Um, we're going into perhaps the most inappropriate song choice of all Premier League years. We're just waiting for David O'Leary to finish his interview. But we're now about to hear, as, as May clicks into gear, Tequila by Terrorvision played over the footage of a memorial service for the late Sir Alf Ramsey. <laughs> There's absolutely no explanation given for this song being played. <laughs> Big tequila drinker, Sir Alf Ramsey, of course, famously. A man who knows uh, a thing or two about rugby, tequila. No one cares. Uh, also, some bomb Adam, building in the background. Just a bunch of World Cup winners in suits looking really solemn as yeah. tequila plays. It's, yeah, it's really such strange. a good contrast. I'd love to know who made that decision. Because yeah. As this month, as this segment goes on, there is still no explanation of why tequila's playing. I think um, just because it came out, there was a version that came out in '99. That's Tony Pulis, yeah. isn't it? Maybe. Young. 
Here's the last great playoff final of the 1990s, which is Man City versus Gillingham. Uh, wow, and speaking of sliding doors moments. Wow. Someone put the Aguero commentary over this footage and it works really, really well. Oh, really? Yeah. So Nicky Weaver this was about, that time, there were so many great players. Because it was like a year after the Charlton-Sunderland um, one, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So like Nicky Weaver got on his marathon run around Wembley to celebrate. And uh, another like staple of Premier League years, which is Southampton not being relegated. Yeah, I was going to say, this feels like great escape territory. Good song. Yeah, great song. Chris Marsden. They did, I mean, it, it was 2005, wasn't it, when they finally got relegated? I can't and remember. There were so many of these scraps. Yeah. They were so good at, sort of, that was just their thing, not being yeah. relegated in the 90s. Oh, I mean, like that. <laughs> Is that Pahar's? No, no James that's Beattie. James Beattie. Pahar's um, was signed uh, on deadline day in March, and uh, he pops up on the last day just looking really good for promising for the next season. God, and that's a throwback, isn't it, when you could sign players at the end of March? Yeah. Oh, Beckham's free kick against Aston Villa, which is just beautiful. Ridiculous. Yeah, top left-hand corner, absolutely perfect. But Arsenal keeping up the pace. But Arsenal, yeah. Another Anelka sort of fizzed right, right foot. So he was me. sold to Real Madrid in that summer, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Engineered a move, pounds. his brother was his agent. And it was it was one of those oh. first stories I can remember of like an agent really engineering yeah. a move for their client and becoming like the villain of the piece. It was a good deal, right, though? It was a lot of money, yeah. I mean, he was bought for like 2.5 million and sold for about 22. Yeah. So, yeah. Or was he actually, I'm trying to think, he might have even been a 750k uh, Yeah, signing. But it doesn't go down as a what if, does it, really? Because you just you can't you can't not accept 23 million pounds in the no, year. No, I think there's a bit of what if of like, you know, the thing is, if he hadn't come in, if he hadn't gone, Henri wouldn't have come in probably. Like, so you just don't know. But yeah, th this is the. Um, oh, the climactic evening title, of the, the title. Yeah. Race. A nice, and again, nice little ticking clock um, effect here from Sky Sports as they run yeah. between two, both games. This is quite a good little um, yeah, way of showing them both simultaneously. And it's Arsenal how away at so Spurs. Good. Premier yeah, League is so useful for reminding yourself how good players were. Here's yeah. Nicholas Anelka. Bloody hell. So what? Yeah, Arsenal at Spurs and then United at Liverpool. And and, and actually, yeah, coming up here is a good, another Dennis Irwin. Yeah, being nerveless. Mr. Is he the ultimate just, Mr. Reliable? Yeah. I think it, he's he's got to be up there. Yeah, I think we've missed uh, we've missed Carnu flicking the ball over Luke Young's head, which I think very is much just, so. a, just a very very televisual uh, sort of telegenic moment. Yeah, the really angle nice. that they get is just perfect, isn't it? Yeah, of, of Young Luke Young's jumping, eyes kind of just spin around in his head as the ball goes over, and then here. Is, I think this is Liverpool making two, so reducing United's lead to two one. Jamie Redknapp slamming home the penalty. And then coming up is, uh, I think, is Paul Ince scoring the equaliser 2-2 and going absolutely crazy. Yeah. So that probably and explains why Man United fans hate him. And it's Dennis Irwin getting sent off for kicking the ball away. Yeah, so not so Which, Mr. Reliable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that oh, is... that's classic Ellery. Yeah. Second yellow for not Very quite kicking masterly. the ball away. Very harsh. Harsh but fair. Oh, no, Just here's Carnu. Yay! Oh, the most delicate Jump. chipping above a ball over oh. somebody's head I've ever seen. 9.48 p.m. It's going absolutely crazy. Yeah. That, the least muted celebration against a former club I've ever seen. 
and this is back in the days of radios and that sort of thing. You can see people like listening to the radios and calling people trying to find out. And so at this point, it did look like Arsenal had the momentum. Yeah. Like they were probably going to go on and win it. Like, United it, fans it crying so much. Anfield, if, if the editing is to be believed. What was that, sorry? So United fans crying in the stands at Anfield yeah. because they dropped a point. Like, exactly. Assuming it, that the uh, editing is faithful to the, uh, whatever was going on. And you can see Wenger's reaction. You know, they've just taken a big step towards the title. <laughs> More keys from you. There are the signs, 2-2. I think it's fair to say that we'd have won a game but for the referee and we're just not going to win. sticking it to the man because they think he's a big conspiracy against United winning the league. Um, uh, If if you thought Blackburn 3, Chelsea 4 was a football gold regular back in the 90s, you haven't heard about Villa 3, Charlton 4. (laughs) Yeah, this This was was Charlton's basically last hurrah in the Premier League before they got relegated. And also, it's a ridiculous goal. Yeah, this is funny. This is Rufus carrying it. Is it Barry then just like. It's a great finish, that. Not easy. Barry's just sort of volleyed one in from about but 20 the yards. The commentator says, but his clearance fell to, of all people, Gareth Barry. <laughs> of all people. Especially, so what do you think he's, he's getting at there? To. I don't know. Like, of all, it's not like he's the most lethal or it's like yeah. against his old club or something. And wouldn't you just know it? Gareth Barry against Charlton. And it's broken here for Julian Joachim. Julian Joachim, good. Yeah, the Mid, commentator pronounced striker. his name Joachim, which was really weird. He does. Um, as, if, as if he thought he was like Portuguese or something. Oh, yeah. Didn't you, didn't you speak to him last year? Oh, yeah. When he was playing in um, Gibraltar. He That's just said, it, yeah. I just bloody love playing football. I just can't stop playing football. I just really enjoy it. Is he it. still playing now? Don't. Yeah, he's, he's certainly not in Gibraltar anymore, but I don't think he's fully retired. He just still loves right. it. He still loves scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. once likened to Romario in his younger days. I think he's still looking for <laughs> here. John well, he Barnes was playing for Charlton, that, like England youth team, wasn't he? Yeah, um, that was. Ri- Do you with, remember like, John Barnes playing for Charlton? Mills, Danny Mills, great goal. So this was yeah, this is Charlton basically sort of kissing goodbye to the Premier League in a in a fairly heroic kind of way. Well, this, I think, I think this took it to the last day, didn't it? Yeah, I think they got relegated. Uh, I don't know. They do get relegated, but I think, yeah, this takes the last day and then Southampton edge them out. And this is that thing you sometimes see in the Premier League where teams that are already relegated start playing quite well and just Yeah, exactly, the pressure's off. Yeah. Chris Mark Williams slamming one home from 25 yeah. yards. Yeah. As you said, his less remembered period at, uh, <laughs> at Notts Forest. There are some managers who just don't project the air of a man who are going to save a club from relegation, and I feel like Brian Kidd is one of those managers. <laughs> Quite Brian Robson vibes. Yeah, definitely. It's like not that positive. Also, I should say Nottingham Forest, not Notts Forest. That's the yeah. Cardinals, yeah. So, now this is a very interesting point. Um, at 23 minutes and 17 seconds of this, seg- of this section of Premier League years, uh, Fatboy Slim's right here, right now begins to play, and it keeps playing for seven minutes. Is that right? The extent this is the extended mix of right here, right now by Fatboy Slim, and 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 this is played over the top of the uh, crescendo for this title race and the crescendo for this episode. I'm I'm thankful to say. Uh, so Chelsea falling by the wayside as they draw at Spurs. David Ginola scoring an absolutely barnstormer. Oh no, no, they didn't lose the Spurs. They drew two all because Bjarni Goldbeck scored a ridiculous equaliser. And then here's Viali saying, "Mathematically, I don't think we're still out of it because we can still win the, the last game. They can lose the, the last couple." He's saying they're still mathematically in it because the other teams could lose 12-0. I would say as well, there, Adam. I would put 
Yeah, in that category of looking a lot older than everyone else on the pitch. Like, he, he looks pretty weathered at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, and th yeah, this is the um, Cabadiawara missing chances game. Oh, this is the fateful, yeah, Arsenal. This is, Leeds Arsenal. This is very fateful. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's Cabadiawara hitting the bar with a header. And it was Nelson V. Martin Tyler, the betting man. man. Post. Manchester United pick up one point. Is that really enough tomorrow night for them? Yes. <laughs> Finger not mucking around. That was quite good. So, yeah, United go to Blackburn. And uh, who already. Blackburn had no. needed to win to avoid being yeah. relegated. Well, and I remember what's harsh about this is Fergie barely even acknowledges Brian Kidd after. And he's just relegated yeah. his older sister. It is a bit weird, isn't it? I, I guess it's yeah, now's no, not the I time kind of situations. I'll speak to you later. I'll have a glass of wine yeah. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, see you later, mate. So the Blackburn were relegated and United basically needed a point to win the title on the final day. No, they needed to win. I mean, they oh, with really? that point, it means it's in their hands. And if they beat oh, uh, Spurs, then they win the title. There's Matt Lassissier signing a Southampton fan's arse. <laughs> and uh, Southampton secured their safety on the final day thanks to two goals from their deadline day signing Marion Pahas, the Latvian Michael Owen. <laughs> is that actually there a thing? There is a touch of Owen that? about him, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone call him that? Like a mirror image. The little Latvian has done it for Southampton. Did anyone call him that, Adam? Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine he was just dubbed. He was dubbed it. That was just dubbing by some random yeah. people. Dubbing. But, yeah, two really, really good goals against uh, Everton here, I think. He was then good for a while, Lovely wasn't he, at Southampton? Yeah. You know, I he scored. Like I remember him scoring a few goals. Yeah, definitely. And wasn't uh, that, that as linking to Partridge, wasn't there a knowing me, knowing you, Pahars? Wasn't that the uh, <laughs> terrorist <laughs> ditty? This has been a real marathon, this Premier League is episode. What does he say there, thanks to a man called Marion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just mocking his name? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's very occasionally problematic Premier League years. Yeah. <laughs> As if Not very Eastern woke European Premier names League don't We count. watch the Premier League years with two woke teams. <laughs> oh, Charlton. Bye, Charlton. But they'll be back. Oh, they've got the sinking feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. And Southampton securing their safety again. With Paul Jones booting yeah. the ball out. Dave Jones. Dave God, Jones. So a lot then. going on on the last day of the season. You know, sometimes you get those like damp squib ends. Yeah. Not 98, 99. Just the fault of Villa Park last the week and the atmosphere Four today and, and what we've been involved in all year is enough to bring us back. Yeah. Yeah. But also like then he just stuck around and got them back up. Whereas I feel like yeah. that wouldn't really happen now. Like, he would have been no, snapped up. Who would he have joined Kerbishly now? What team would he be managing? I just, I just feel like... I feel like he's just gone. He's moved beyond the realm of being linked with jobs. Of no, but I just mean like hyper. Would he be like Bournemouth or something like that? Uh, too forward. Is it just impossible to manage it? Imagine it. Now? Yeah, I don't know. Upper reaches of the championship, just about. But here we are, at Old Trafford on the final day. Dramatic scenes. Oh my! Ian Walker nearly gifting United an early yeah. goal by thumping the ball straight at Dwight York. And this was we were talking about this on the Spurs podcast the other day. This is the weird situation where. Arsenal are relying on Spurs to do them a favour and it's kind of like, does Spurs even want to win this game? Because it would have presented them with the title and Ferdinand scores and doesn't really celebrate. Yeah. It's a really weird goal. Yeah, it is a and weird a, goal. Another lob over Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. Another one for the collection as well. But United then just basically just battered them. And Ian Walker Yeah, again, slowly... this is one where you're like, they're scoring soon. 
Yeah, 100%. Some great saves in Walker. Oh, Beckham heading the ball over from five yards. Ooh. Uh, but he, he... I suspect he'll make up for that. <laughs> I do remember, though, even... Even at this point, United was still top on goal difference. So Arsenal yeah. never actually went top. No, the, exactly. The it wasn't that topsy-turvy in afternoon. And, and as yeah. you say, when you throw in the fact that United are basically inevitably going to score and then Beckham just curls and thumps simultaneously yeah. in a wonderful goal. Do you remember this cold goal being in an advert? Like, uh, like a Reebok advert where he was, he, was, he was sort of showing that he'd practiced the move on the training ground and it was all like muscle oh, right. memory and stuff like that. Yeah. It's all I a don't bit, remember that. A bit weird. Uh, but yeah, Carnu scoring. So Carnu gone back, but didn't change anything. In fact, I think it was no. 2012 was the last, was the first time in Premier League history the lead actually changed hands yeah. on the final day. Like yeah. I think they'd, they'd obviously been ones like this, but uh, it's, yeah, it's basically top. overrated as a final day. Isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean the the drama was all before really by then. It, was like, it, it felt kind of inevitable. United beat Spurs at home. Spurs are Fan looking a little bit like Tony Adams crying in the stand at <laughs> If you're not watching, uh, he, he does. He really does. <laughs> Ferguson bounding around. Keane again. Looks happy. You know. At this point, it's quite a, uh, quite a tough situation for Premier League years because obviously they can show the Premier League bit. They've got the footage for the FA Cup, so they will show that. But no, oh, course, but then is it, what is it like a Champions picture situation rights. for Champions League or just yeah, so kind of slightly go, they start sort of racing through it and said, ah, they won the yeah. trophy. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> but all the talk was about the Premier League on Sky Sports. Uh, what um, do you remember the slightly um, unique thing about that uh, FA Cup final? Oh yes, the weird um, lines on the pitch. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really now weird. Banned, Did of they course, ever do that again? Uh, top level English football. So the last, the last team to have wacky, wacky pitch was was Leicester about three years ago. Yeah, I remember Leicester and, doing uh, it. And the, the Premier League, the joyless Premier League, banned it. It's quite a strange thing to ban. I just think why they, do they just ban want, it? I think it's because they just want the brands to be consistent across right. all the teams. Everything has to be the same. So uh, yeah. all the branding and people can't have wacky pitches. So yeah, Charlton, Blackburn, it. and Forest down. United winning the title. Chelsea sneaking into the champ. Well, wasn't sneaking. Chelsea took the third Champions League spot. So order very much. United the as it should have been. Wimbledon, you can see there, just just a couple of points above the, the trapdoor, foreshadowing their relegation the following season. So here's the FA Cup yeah. final with those hot, with those um, kind of yeah. diagonal lines weird on the lines. pitch. Really weird. Also, who was it who went off in? Because Sheringham came on as a sub after like ten minutes. Who was sure. it? Was it Keane who went off injured? I think it was. Mm, maybe. And it was quite a weird sub. They brought Sheringham on and yeah. as it, you know, proved to be a masterstroke. Scored like straight away. Yeah. And then set skulls up. So it's a fairly routine second instalment of the treble bit, really. Yeah. Well Newcastle had the year before been the sort of um fodder as well in the final when Arsenal beat them two 0 to win their double. And and I was thinking like Newcastle haven't had a major final since, have they? Or even come close. So yeah, so this is the oh, bit where they go, have to yeah. skirt over the European Cups. They don't have the rights. So it's just a brief footage of Ferguson lifting the trophy in the ceremony. But then back to a montage of the Premier League. And then we're into an incredibly long montage of Manchester United's uh, treble season. Um, so there we are. We've we've come to the end of Premier League years. That was that was quite a draining experience, actually, wasn't it? That took it a was, lot out of I, me. I enjoyed it a lot. I think. Um, yeah, I got a lot out of it. 
which is yeah it was good it was a, a good thing to share with you adam yeah thank you i, I, mean, I, think, I can't like, think of anyone I, I don't know anyone who 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 sort of lives eats and breathes premier league years so much as you <laughs> as you do so it, you were a really good choice to have on yeah um, i feel like we've had this date from the beginning yeah absolutely i hope our listeners have enjoyed this experiment and it is an experiment uh, and, it, and if you enjoy it we'll probably do it again because let's face it there's nothing else to do that is and like a fact John Gregory now because there's no football happening did you enjoy it charlie i did very much oh, i, well, I look forward to the next again. installment what season would you pick if you had to pick a next season what would you do i think though for me i was thinking about this in 94 95 is a brilliant premier league years episode there yeah. is so much happening like as well as on the pitch there are just so many like off pitch scandals there's like i think merson gets banned for doing drugs you've got Cantona with the kung fu kick not advocating yeah. any of this but um it just <laughs> makes for a very compelling uh, compelling watch well i'm uh, i'm, I'm going to i'm going to go away and do my research and find out what year they started using chemical brothers out of control uh, yes, and in the do. meantime, enjoy yourselves, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. All our podcasts are completely free, and ad-free versions are available to subscribers. You can sign up and get a 40% discount now by going to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod.